0: Ain't no good reason for
1: getting all a lot of questions right now. How could Blossom be leading off the show? Well, we're doing something a little different today. Fez said, I got my baseball preseason prop bet of the century. Now, when you say century, do you mean just since 2000 or the last hundred years? Just since 2000. Did you have the Black Sox uh, or the Cincinnati team? I I got tipped on that, yeah. Yeah. You heard it after game three. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Say it ain't so, Fez. First, though, I'm going to tell you how you can get these kind of winners from Fez and the rest of the crew. This is a rare offer. We do this like four times a year. And it's not 14. It's not faking four, Fez. One, two, three, four. Once with each season. $10 gets you $50. So think about these sports books with all their predatory shenanigans. I don't think those those two words go together, but okay. They say, oh, you put in 100, we give you 100. It's a 100% match. That's nice. How about you put in 10, you get 50. But not for betting, for winning information. So that is five times your money or a 400% bonus, I guess you could say. Why do we do this? Because we don't, I mean, like we said, we don't even do like 20 gets you 50. I mean, it's like usually you get like 99 gets you 150. You get like a 50% bonus if you put up more money. It's because we want people to see how great the bulk dollars are. If you buy picks and you don't use bulk dollars, because it's like dollars. You can spend them any way you want, but you get big discounts. So this is a little, you know. You know how drug dealers do, where they say like, "Little tips. First, first one's free, yeah, man. Yeah. Try this." I say no. I was scared straight. Yeah. Nancy Reagan, she I, she said, "Just say no." Man, I wish I'd said no. And I kept saying when all the <laughs> girls would say no, I'd be like, "What the hell, Nancy? You didn't know." It. But it's a whole different conversation. I don't. We can talk about my prom night another time. Ten dollars gets you fifty. I think it's that simple. I mean, I could keep talking. But fez, what's your best bet? Best bet
2: will a team lose 100 games this coming season? Is this
1: NBA? I say no. <laughs> this oh. is this oh. is
2: MLB. <laughs> okay. And I'm betting yes there will be a 100 loss team. Vig currently at Caesars and William Hill -380. All right?
1: All right, so 380 you had to bet 380 to win 100. Yes. Now with bulk dollars you bet 10 you get 10. You don't bet, you spend 10 and you get 50. So you're saying spend thirty eight to get ten?
2: Yes, and this is my biggest MLB bet I have ever I ever remember having made preseason.
1: What is I remember? You go my biggest bet as I remember. Is it your biggest bet or not?
2: I bet twenty thousand. I don't ever remember betting twenty thousand on anything before the season started.
1: Like in baseball? Wow, okay. In baseball, go ahead.
2: So I'm going to give you two handicaps here. The first handicap: recent history, baseball has become a a league of the haves and the have-nots. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask Scott about this. In the last three years, there have been, every year, the last three years, four teams in MLB have lost 100 or more games.
1: Okay, so like 12 over three years.
2: Yes. And it's not just an aberration where they're losing 100, 101. In each and every one of those three years, at least one team has lost 107.
1: Okay, at least one team of the three, okay.
2: Now, if you did a Poisson distribution, for instance, and you said Mm -hmm. all the data I have is that – like, like I'm, I'm looking over, like, how many lobsters are in this, like, in the square footage, and I find four lobsters, and I see four lobsters, and I see four more lobsters. All
1: right, so what you're saying is there's inci- uh, uh, there are incidents that allow—or instances of observation— Yes. You're saying, I'm observing. The bet is, let's use jelly beans for an example. Yes. Because lobsters is confusing. Let's say you get a big jar of jelly beans, and you say, how many jelly beans are in there? And then you get the answer once, and it says it's 107. Next time, it says it's 107. Next time, it says it's 107. And then there's a jelly bean jar that looks almost exactly the same, and they're saying, do you think there's over 100?
2: I think it's a great, great enough. And it turns out, if you do all these distributions, like it's like ninety nine percent that you're going to get 100. And
1: one of them is a poindexter distribution. Is that right? Poisson. Oh, okay. you, yeah, yeah.
2: The <laughs> reason I use the lobsters is, is that, like, the example they always use is, like, how many shipwrecks are there in the bottom of the Caribbean triangle, if you take any oh, random...
1: Very common, yes. Yeah, very
2: common. Uh, <laughs> so it's overwhelming by this analysis that you should... Be, of course someone's going to lose 100 games. Now, the second analysis I did is I said, well, let me look at the really crappy... Just the two crappiest teams in the MLB. It turns out... Oakland's
1: These are the teams most likely most likely to lose. Likely
2: to lose well, Oakland is supposed to lose 104. All right, so they're likely to lose 100 or now, more. a
1: typical season, the over under for the worst teams is is better than that, meaning they are expected to lose less games. Right,
2: they might they might be 99 mm-hmm. expected losses. And not only Oakland, Washington is god awful this year. They're supposed to lose 102 and a half. So it turns out, if I just look at forget the whole league. If I just bet, will Oakland or Washington lose 100 games? Mm-hmm. By my math, 86% of the time, one of those two teams alone is going to cash your bet.
1: So the Poindexter distribution said... S- says, bet, 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 bet that someone is going to lose. So really what you're saying is, and I love <laughs> this, is last three years, 107, 107, 107. The bet is, is it over 100? And this year's worst teams look worse That or, or the least, the lowest quality teams, the worst teams look worse than they have coming into the last three years
2: to the exactly to the point that if i just had these two teams to put a prop yeah. on i'm cashing 86% of the time i have i have four god awful teams that are i'm not even including they're supposed to win mid 60s so that'd be like
1: minus 700 that
2: could e- yeah could easily one of these four teams i would i would argue one of these other four teams the third through the sixth worst teams in, in MLB i'd say one of those four is favored to lose 100 games also this bet's going to win RJ. it's like a 95% bet
1: so scott Seidenberg, who is our baseball expert on the shows is there anything about this that sounds wrong to you?
2: No,
0: because I think between the bottom, let's just say the bottom five teams projected this season, one of them is going to lose 100 games. It's going to happen. The odds are, like Fez says, multiple ones so of them the have are going have to lose.
1: Nots makes yes, sense.
0: yes. Because I, I, there's, you look right now. I mean, the A's 60 and a half is their win total. That's <laughs> if they if they go over by two games, they lose 100 games. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, like so think about that, and they're down to fifty-eight at the sharpest book of the world, circa. So these are
0: fifty-eight. So now, so now, if it's fifty-eight, now picture they go over their win total by four games. They still are a
1: hundred-loss teams So Fez, is this is this just the, the matter of the math being be like? Because everyone, you know, William Hill understands what the market is. They're part of the market. And they can look at circa and they can look wherever. Is this just they made a mistake on the math?
2: I think they went back five years, and five years ago, two baseball teams, the two worst teams, both. Only lost 98 games. And I think they're looking oh, at so that. Oh, so you're saying, data. hey, two out of
1: three years. Okay, or yeah. well, two out of five years, we would win this bet. They're having to lay one 380, so we like it. Well, what, there, there
2: was one year this bet would have lost of the last four. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. And so we're, why'd we're, you say
1: 298?
2: Because they, two teams, in the year that no one lost 100, there's two teams that lost 98 okay. in that same year. Yeah.
1: yeah. So four out of five years, this wins. Yeah. So even if that was just the metric, You feel pretty good about this. Exactly. Right?
2: And I think also, with this whole tank of Palooza in in the NBA, I think MLB teams have gotten much more savvy when the year's really bad at jettisoning all their players, trading away everybody. NBA has
1: less tanking than ever.
2: Uh, be, that's a good point because of the because of the the, yeah. the the ping pong balls. But MLB, there's more tanking than I've ever seen before the, in terms of teams just go into the garbage can completely come 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 you, July that's got- with their rosters.
0: Yeah, I, I think one other thing that we, you have to consider that is af- going to affect this year is the new balanced schedule in Major League Baseball. So essentially, more division games have been taken away from these teams. Now you're playing everybody in the league. Mm. And so you have to look at which teams are playing which divisions to see like how that's going to impact them. So yes, so
1: it's not an even schedule.
0: It's balanced now. It's balanced meaning like you're you're not playing. Oh, you're not playing most of your games. You are playing most of your games against the division, but they took away division games. But is there going to be like against... a strength?
1: Is there going to be like a strength of schedule element to it? No, no, no,
0: no, no. I'm okay. saying, I'm saying, like you're playing everybody in Major League Baseball. No, I understand now. that. That's, and you're playing. But what you the, said was playing fewer divisional games. Yeah, yeah yes, but what so, you
1: said was you said I, we we got to see who's playing who. That's what. Yes, what you,
0: because like the A's, we project them to be the worst team that you're taking away games against the Astros, you're taking away games against the Mariners, who are good teams this year, uh, and you're adding games against weak National so saying, League teams. You're saying
1: teams that have an extra strong or an extra weak division are yes. either going to benefit or not benefit yes. from it. Okay. Okay. Now, that's interesting. So the two teams that you think are the worst, Fez, are give one at a time. Washington. So how does the rest of the Washington division look? Does it hurt or help them that there's less division games? Uh, About even? It helps them because they want no. to get away from the East.
0: Yeah, but I also think it hurts because they are playing this—
2: uh, Are we
1: saying help or hurt? Are we saying help or hurt? They'll have an easier win? schedule. All right, an so easier you think they win more? Because yeah. Mets,
2: Braves, but, but and Phillies are all good teams. But, but that's all baked into the season win number that mm-hmm. they currently have but already, I, think the, I would argue. The
0: NL East is—if I'm correct, the NL East is playing—they'll play the AL East, obviously, but also they're going to pick up games against the AL West— so that'll be the Astros, that'll be the Mariners, and teams like that. But so now you'll have the Nationals, that'll have Yankees and Red Sox. And, so let's do this.
1: Yeah. Let's zero in because you're making a good point, Fez. If you're you're saying this is a good bet with no not like in horse racing, something you can do is say, all right, let's assume the win price is the most liquid market. That's going to tell us what we believe the market is. Yes. Now. Assuming those numbers are correct, what's this Perfecta playing? What's this Quinella playing? Trifecta? Exactly. And you can find where it's skew. It's like two, like the second, third favor together in a Perfecta is paying like 200 bucks. Now usually at the end they get you know snapped up. But you're saying I don't need to really know these baseball teams. The market knows them. The market knows their
2: schedules. It's analyzed them. And it's a, it a knows derivative. Bet. It's are. a
1: derivative bet that's saying based upon these assumptions, this is a good bet.
2: Exactly right. The only way this bet isn't a tremendous bet is if somehow all these numbers, these season win numbers on these teams mm. is incorrect.
1: Which is just not possible. Which is the just, market can be wrong in occasions, but the market's going to be the best predictor of the future. Now, if Scott had one or two or three win totals he particularly liked, and let's say he thought they were off by two, two and a half games... I would figure my math with those adjustments. and But it doesn't seem like he likes these bad teams any more than normal. So there's no reason to make an adjustment. So in general, this is a teaching moment. The market can guide you. But if you're betting against the market, you can't let the market be the end all unless you find derivatives that you take the assumptions of the market and bet other bets off of that knowledge. So a good example of that in the NFL, Fez, the halftime or the total of the game is X. The halftime total is right, uh, let's say 24 and a half. And it's like, hey, if that total is right for the game, I like it at 24 and a half because I'm I'm going under because it's right above those key numbers.
2: Exactly, yes. Now, I did look at last year's numbers, Mm -hmm. and this is interesting. So in terms of season win numbers last year, there was only five teams that were forecasted to Win less than 70 games, mm-hmm. okay. And one of them was the, the numbers were 66 and a half, 63, 69 and a half, another 69 and a half into 65 and a half. So there's only one team that was supposed to win 65 or fewer games. Mm-hmm. This year, I've got one team lined at 58, a team lined at 59 and a half, and then you know, four teams so, lined in so the you're 60s. So you are saying the worst
1: teams are worse way
2: like seven games worse than and, historically they were last year, and in the
1: prior three years. They had four over a hundred, four over a hundred losses, and four over a hundred. Yes. Now, of the four years, this feels this like is the, the one most to... favorable to have a crapola team. That's it. That's it. That's a good bet. Bad... You know, I don't know if I want. Do I really want to bet thirty eight hundred? Because there is that that you don't it's have a pro. It's gonna problem. win. I... It's gonna win. I. Okay. All right. I'll so... put you down. I'll, yeah. win I'll win a dime. Yes. All right. Hmm. If Mackenzie, would—oh, by the way, McKenzie's been banned from the show.
2: Bold prediction. It closes minus It closes minus 500.
1: Bold. You think? Yeah. Well, because you, over. you're going to be self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, it,
2: and that's a good point, because I will be, I will be a self-fulfilling prophecy in this. the first week, all right? Uh-huh. But then the market will decide. And I'll yeah. even talk to Circa, and I'll ask him to put a yes-no up, up on it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I'll ask, I'll, I'll ask Circa to do it. Well,
1: because you want to see if you can middle out. No,
2: I there's no there, there is no way I am going to bet the other side of it. That's this. interesting. No way.
1: It'd be interesting for them, but huh? Like so what what do you think they'd put it up at? 500?
2: They'd put like minus 500 take back plus 400 something like that. Yeah.
1: All right guys, you got your marching orders. If you want them, it is risky. Remember, how would you advise Quickly Fez, on on bankroll management? If people aren't typically laying 380, um Let's say they're a hundred dollar better. Hundred ten wins a hundred. Do they bet three eighty to win a hundred here? Do they bet a hundred to win you know whatever twenty two bucks or whatever? How would you do it? So what I, I like to do is look at the
2: difference between the two. So mm-hmm. if I, if it, essentially it's a two hundred ten dollar swing when I'm laying a dollar ten, I'm either I win a hundred mm-hmm. or I lose 110. So that's okay. a hundred ten. So a two hundred ten dollar swing. So mm-hmm. keep like the two hundred ten dollar swing. So bet a hundred fifty to win or, or bet a hundred sixty to win fifty, something like that. You've Ooh. got that same swing.
1: I like that. But now this is one, I never heard that before. This is one, That's though. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. This is, <laughs> kudos, guys, is it makes up for the later in the show. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm joking. That was excellent. <laughs> That's it, true. <laughs> but what did you say, Huh. I'm going to think about that one. All right, boys, as you can see, we're leading with best bets. Fez wants you to bet 380 to win 100. I'm saying, give us 10. You get 50. <laughs> you decide what's the better deal. Go to pregame, and you can do both. You should do both, I think. Pregame.com, go to buy picks, and you'll see the 10 gets you 50. Enjoy the show. Whatever. It's not the NCAA tournament, but it's almost the NCAA tournament. Some tournament games have begun, but they don't really count unless you're batting them. Addition to my right, AJ Hoffman, the college basketball specialist, and he's, you know, I gotta say, he seems confident. Fez is with us. Fez, doesn't he seem confident? Absolutely. Very knowledgeable. Scott Seidenberg he likes totals too i'm back from my darkness retreat (laughs) your room's not that i mean (laughs) you do have those blackout drapes i saw on one of your instagrams but what's that about just i I like to sleep yeah You're, you're rejuvenating yeah i'm rj bell okay a lot of college basketball talk which we already recorded and it was excellent i came in late So there's going to be like, there's no, there's going to be like, there's hardly any RJ. Where's RJ? What the hell? And others are going to be like, man, this is nice. Mm." And then finally they say something objectionable. I jump in and then, you know, go from there. And then we had a long political talk at the end, but not really. But first, oh, Fez, you got a great best bet. You like in baseball. I love this bet. You said it's your baseball prop bet of the century. I have bet. 20, is that the last hundred
2: years? I bet $20,000 on this. Yeah, I got a percentage
0: of that. Damn. You got a percentage? No, I'm just saying it now. Like, so, okay. so you know I have a percentage no, of that. No, it's interesting <laughs> because
1: I was, before the show, I was saying, well, this is great. You've got your theory, which is mostly mathematical. We got Scott, the expert in baseball. And you're like, well, yeah, but I bet my 20 dimes already. I can bet more. Yep. All right. <laughs> I got to give Fez some credit. Uh, So we had, and you guys knew, if you listen closely, we had the AFC to win the Super Bowl, and it was like minus 2.5 when we bet it. We thought it was going to be a great bet. It ended up, well, okay, well, the game opens up, Kansas City-Philly at 2.5, but boom, 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 it gets bad. It's like, man, we were in a bad spot. We also had money on the money line. Minus 130. Minus 130. So I'm thinking, man, we don't want to reverse middle. All of a sudden... Remember, I was giving Fez some heat when he gave me a bunch of uh, great proposition bets at the original betting price, and I said, you knew he was going to finally lose because he was being so generous, but I can't you know, not say. He also that day said, hey, I got NFC plus four. And I'm like, how did you get that? He goes, oh, it was flashed, and I'm like, that I like, that I like. And boom, it hits three like, like it was meant to. I can't lie. When they went and stopped at the one, I saw it all unfold like in a, in a blink of an eye. Whew! But somehow my prop, my favorite prop, lost. What was that guy's Pacheco. name? Pacheco. But I, he had a great game. I just thought he'd be more in the passing game. Well, a lot of experience. Yeah. Mm. What? Well, but he. But he had a lot of I catches. I know. I know. I'm just saying that. Yeah. All right. So we got the baseball coming up. We got best bet for feds. We got college basketball. But first, a new feature. It's called The Storylines of the Off-Season, NFL style, and I've got 15 of them. These guys haven't seen them. Scott's trying to read it. I'm not letting them. But here's the thing. We're going to follow these the whole year, almost like all the way till the start of the season, almost like stocks. And we'll say, hey, that one's, you know. But I just want to get initial impressions. So we're going to do like two minutes on each one. That adds up to about 30 minutes of NFL talk. I got over. All right. Well, the way you've been talking in the earlier segments or the later segments, I hear your point. Yeah, you keep keep interrupting him. It's going to take all night. Oh, guys. he's he's I you know, I I like it though. He's enthused. First one, and we got 10 of them quarterback related. 10. Of all right. Them. Number 1, Lamar Jackson. Now, typically we don't see a former MVP coming off his first contract not be signed almost the couple of weeks after the eligibility, after three years. Remember, Lamar was a first-round pick. So the fifth year option, which was this year, he literally, in theory, if the Ravens did nothing, would be a complete free agent. That's impossible. That will not happen. The two debates, the camps are they franchise tag him, and there's two different kinds of franchise tags. One means you can offer them a contract, but it costs you two second round picks. And then the Ravens have a chance to match. That's the, the, the lesser one. And then there's the exclusive one. The difference between the two also is how much money is guaranteed because of it. But that would be a one-year deal. It would be very analogous to what Dak and the Cowboys went through. The next year, it would be even more to franchise tagging because there's an escalator and then that would be it. He'd be totally free after 2 years. The other option is he gets traded. That him his injury, the suspiciously long time it took that to he well, it never did he enough to play, missing a playoff game, not even being at the stadium or even in the city for the game. I mean, a lot of questions being raised.
3: What do you think, guys? Pardon my ignorance if if they did trade him, they'd have to franchise him and then trade him. Is that because he's I, technically I think, not under contract. Yeah, that's right?
1: the way that would go. Okay. And I, I guess I guess matters when the league year starts and how that works. But but it, in a way, it wouldn't matter because the new, the
3: new team will sign him to a new deal anyway. Exactly. Okay.
1: My thoughts are
3: that the Ravens franchise him and conti- I think they use this as a look and s- prove it year again. Uh, and like prove that he can stay healthy more than prove he can play.
1: All right. So under that theory, if he gets hurt, he's missed 10 of the last 22 games is the number that's been – bantied around. Yep. Okay, let's say he misses uh, half the games next year. So then you're done? I think so. And, and you let him go for nothing? I think so.
0: Wow. Well, to that extent, I think the move is to do the non-exclusive franchise tag. So you're going to keep him, but you're going to allow him to search for a contract somewhere else, and if a team comes there and, and gives him an offer that you want to match, then you match it, and if not, then you let him walk and you take the two picks. You do a, That about, way you
1: can kind of gauge what the market is for him? Exactly. What about the human element? Meaning, uh, so, I mean, look at Durant. I mean, it's NBA, but, oh, he doesn't want to be here. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Let's but he's in the to- contract year, so he's ultra-motivated. No, because— Essentially, I, I mean, right? Here's the thing. Remember, that. I think that is outdated. Hmm. Dak got, like, think about it. whenever players play on the franchise tag. There's always a sense that like, he doesn't have long-term security. Well, Dak had a real serious leg injury, and he got signed for the max, well, or not the max, but a, a, you know, a, a leading market-leading type contract, right? He was right up there. Now Durant NBA again blew out his Achilles on his his last year. And it was like he still got signed to the max. So to, I'm not saying there can't be an injury that really is a problem. RG3 maybe is an example of that. But in general, it feels like Lamar is highly valued much more than you guys think. What I heard today was there's their guess, four first-round picks. Really? Yeah. So
3: that's, I, I'll be honest. If I'm the Ravens and someone offered me four first-round picks, I'd trade him yesterday. Mm-hmm.
1: So where do you – I mean, you famously have – a, let's say, a, um, a, uh, what's the right word for it? A eccentric list of quarterbacks, maybe? So where would Lamar be on your list? It's sixth or seventh. So you think the sixth or seventh best quarterbacks worth two first-round picks? The problem is he's the sixth or seventh best when he's
3: healthy. okay And he's not, he's not proven to be able to be healthy. So I, I, I see the upside of him. I love the upside of him. But he's, if, if someone g- gave me four shots at the, at the next Lamar Jackson, I'd take that
1: over the rest of Lamar Jackson's career. Does anyone here not think he's elite? I don't. I think he's elite if, if he's healthy. Nah, Well, obviously, no one's elite if they're not healthy. <laughs> but but now that's a good
2: question. But I think when you look when you look at the Ravens, Mahomes is elite even when he's not healthy. Oh, if you well. mean not if he's able to play,
1: <laughs> yeah. okay.
3: I, I think the Ravens when you look at the, their record when he's on the field versus their record when he's not. Like he, you could tell how valuable What's he is. What's his Playoff record. That's a different story.
1: I mean, that's the question. Yeah. I think if you're looking to win nine to eleven games. Consistently, I think until Lamar physically isn't as fast or isn't as good of a runner, whenever that happens, and I think it happens quicker for running quarterbacks than non running quarterbacks, right? Brady, as a running quarterback, wouldn't have worked at age 45 Mm -hmm. or 40, but there's no guarantee. I mean, who's Michael Vick was pretty good older, still, right? Um, You know, Lamar. Very good.
2: He had like an MVP year.
1: Well, yeah, that was after the the dog stuff, but he still, he wasn't as old. But, you know, I think Pittsburgh was his last team, actually, Um, if I'm not mistaken. Lamar Jackson's won one playoff game. Now, why would—is that just a fluke? Because Herbs has won zero playoff games, right? I mean, last year's. But my point would be, how do you win in the playoffs? It's against better teams, Mm -hmm. which means sometimes you're going to be behind, almost inevitably. Look at Kansas City, how many times they get behind— could Lamar bring a team back hmm. like Mahomes did? Look,
0: my problem is, and you've talked about it before, when a quarterback takes up so much of your cap space, the Ravens, in my opinion, do not have an elite roster. And the difference between Herbert and and Lamar Jackson is that the Chargers roster is better than the Ravens.
2: On offense, Ooh. you're
0: talking about. Yes. It. On offense,
1: they're not. I don't right. think that fast. So let's think. We take out. So what was your quarterback value on Lamar versus back? Ninth. Uh, but, but versus backup, how many points? Oh, like six. Oh, oh. Let me see. And then I'm going to ask you the same thing about Herbert. Uh, four points. All right, four points. Oh, you like Huntley, huh? And then how about Herbert? Uh, five and a half. Okay. So, and and that has to do with the backups too, obviously. And and you got Herbert higher than Lamar. Yes. Where you got him? Fourth. Well, that's high too. Okay. So. My point would be this: If you take off four points from the Ravens and take off five and a half points from the Chargers in your power ratings, the Ravens are going to have a entering. Let's say next year would have a much higher power rating. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, by definition, I I'm not saying that Fez can't be wrong, but I think the market consensus would be Baltimore with no with the same quarterback as the Chargers. Let's say a robot quarterback. Chat G, GPT or whatever made a quarterback <laughs> that the rest of the team, the, the Ravens are just clearly better. I think. I agree. Um there's I think there's bigger names on the charge. You know, mm-hmm. like you know I, I think their signings look good, but it didn't really come to much. So <sighs> Scott, you're talking about the idea of the percentage of the cap, but What's your choice? Your choice is the the middle-of-the-road veteran, a la what the Colts have done now three straight years to no real great success, Mm -hmm. Rivers being the most successful. Washington tried it. I mean, every Fitzpatrick team has tried it. You know, now he's retired. I mean, what team, you know, has really had success with a middle-of-the-road quarterback? You know, again, the Colts made the playoffs that year and almost beat the Bills, but it was a first-round exit. What, three years ago? I, I just, I. it's either you draft a rookie and he hits, which happens, what, a third of the time? If that. I mean, if that. Or, and then how many years do you have to give it? If someone is as bad as Rosen, you can get rid of him one year. But that was bold. But usually you give him two. So, or three, but usually it's two. Like the Jets, it's been a disaster with Wilson. Two years, he's not going to quarterback for them anymore. Mm-hmm. But now that means you get two shots in a four-year period, let's say. Who knows? Harbaugh's going to win eight, seven, eight games most years anyway. Like Tomlin, I just don't, in a, when you get that franchise guy, it's hard to let him. I mean, who's a franchise guy go? The Texans? With
3: insinuating circumstances. Yeah. yeah. I I think the the worst place you can be. He was
1: forcing his way out. Yeah.
3: I think the worst place you can be is like where Minnesota is or Tennessee is, where you've got – he's not young, he's well-paid, but he's not a guy you think can win you a Super Bowl, and you're just kind of stuck in that dirty middle where even if the rest of your team is good, there's still a ceiling on it because these guys aren't.
2: So you got the eighth-best quarterback and you're paying him a top-five salary. Yeah. It's, Who's the eighth-best quarterback? Uh, I actually have
1: two of the eighth-best quarterback. Cousins is seventh-best. See, that's the question, is as much as I'm a skeptic of Lamar in general, because I, th- I think the more—as a Steelers fan, I've seen him a lot. The more teams get used to him, the less effective I think he's been. He's still effective, but— And to be fair on this list,
2: I, Lamar would be above these guys week one when he's fully healthy.
1: Above, above who
2: though? Above two and, and cousins. Okay, but if you ask me, who do I?
1: But then who, that's it though. Right? I mean, but, but, but still we gate like who, who's going to be the better the better quarterback? Saying, I'm like, oh, he's, he's going to get banged you maybe up. Maybe seven. Yeah, yeah. I got Dak ahead of him. Yeah, you got Dak. Yeah, so yeah who's, I do. Who's the guys you got ahead of him?
2: Uh, Prescott six, Hertz five, then Herbert, Allen, Burrow, and Mahomes.
1: Herbert, Allen, Burrow, Mahomes. Okay. Hmm. Let me see that list real quick. Any closing thoughts on it? This is a rich subject, by the way. And and, and let's not forget, too. Pun intended. <laughs> let's, yeah. I mean, now, apparently, the dispute is the Ravens are ready to give him a market-leading contract again. So, the inflation every time, right? So, the theory is, like, Kyler Murray's deal, but more, you know? When you say market-leading, like, top five Oh, like it, it more marked the index. That, no, I mean, like, the like DAC was like mm-hmm. right now. It, it, if you look at Mahomes' contract and Allen's, it's deceiving because they're 10 year deals. So the APY, uh, is over the course of the whole deal gets way up high because it, they're making 60 or 65 in like seven years. Mm-hmm. If you look at like three years. And, and how much you're guaranteed and all that. Dak was pretty much at the top of the league when he signed. Mm. Like Every new signing is pretty much the top of the league, or you don't get an offer for a second-round card. There is no middle class, it seems. like AJ makes a good point. Kirk Cousins has made as much money, if not more money, than any quarterback during this time, because yes. he's had one-year prove-it deals, but he's strung them together, and then he got a big guarantee from the Vikings. So we're going to see... With Daniel Jones, and, you know, actually, this would be good to roll this in. So the next storyline, and talking about middle-of-the-road quarterbacks, and we're going to have Scott really lead the way with this one. Mr., as I call him, Daniel Jones, a guy who entering the year, I would have said the odds of him being the Giant starter the next year, 20%? Maybe less. Maybe less. Mm -hmm. At this point, the rumor is, the scuttlebutt, He's asking for forty plus million a year. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think? Yeah, uh, the Giants—they don't want to franchise him. They want to—they want to sign him, but not at that cost. And maybe that's why Daniel Jones fired his agents and hired new agents because maybe they were willing to take that lower price or because something. the like new that. agents are
1: player empowerment type agents. Yeah. Like, that's the name of the company, right? Not player empowerment, but like players' agent. And they're asking for a big number.
0: Yeah, they're asking for a big number. Um,
1: we got Saquon. Barkley mm-hmm. also up, so they can't franchise two. right Running backs. Yeah. running backs are a great franchise tag, because remember, it's all about the top five, I think it is, salaries, and you can franchise a running back, I think, for like for 11 million.
3: Yeah. So, and also like running backs you're less likely to want to sign to a five-year deal
0: anyway. So extending so. It
1: out, yeah. Uh, uh, as Zeke proves, but go ahead.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, the general manager spoke uh, the other day and said, you know, we want to get deals done without having to use the franchise tag. So that's where the Giants stand. I don't know if it can get done. Maybe one of them can get done without having to use the franchise tag. I think they're going to have to use one of them on one of these players. And like you've said before, probably better off using it on Barkley, paying the $10 million, because that, even that's not, he's not going to be the highest paid running back in the league. And he has shown injury concerns in the past, so you let, you let him play under a one-year deal. But for Daniel Jones, unfortunately in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you have to pay for one. And they're going to have to overpay for a mediocre quarterback here in Daniel Jones, just for the security. Mediocre.
1: Of, so you got yeah. Daniel Jones like below like 20th? No, I think he's like 15. Uh-huh. I think he's right in the middle of the road. Well, what did you think? Uh, four games before the season.
0: Before the season, I thought he was below middle of the road, but I had so much hype and expectation because of the head coach. Coming in because of the offensive coordinator coming in, thinking that's why I, I told people Daniel Jones comeback player of the year was was one of my favorite preseason bets at seven to one, and turns out he wasn't even on the list. But anyway, because you know Geno Smith comes back from being a bad player, uh, forget. So, yeah. so
1: Day Ball obviously with Josh Allen, here's mm-hmm. an example of a toolsy quarterback. Yeah. And Kafka having worked with
0: Mahomes, and I figured this is the perfect recipe to get the most out of Daniel Jones, especially
1: in a contract year. How did Daniel Jones do, last question for me, compared to your expectation this year? He exceeded it. All right. Can you win and a my Super expectations Bowl? were high. Can you win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones?
3: No. That's why I, I laugh at $40 million
0: a year. I don't think he can be—he's not going to be the reason that you win it. I think and if you,
3: you pay him $40 million a year— he
0: has. He to. has to be the now, reason.
2: Now yeah. that this is well said, you can't
1: win a Super Bowl if you're paying him forty mil. And I would make the case: who has been a quarterback of Daniel Jones's modest accomplishments or modest skills? It would seem that's ever won a Super Bowl I mean, in the it, modern it, it, era. Maybe
0: Joe Flacco. No, I was going to say. That I was Flacco is so much better. I was going to say. I mean, and not lesser lesser of a runner, but the Carson wins Nick Foles Eagles team.
1: Yeah, the only thing about this is... Wentz was great that year. Well, Wentz was a potential MVP that Mm -hmm. year, but, but here's the thing. I would make the case Foles in the Super Bowl for sure, had one of the five best Super Bowls yeah. ever by a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, like, in a weird way, a guy who didn't have the pedigree.
0: But didn't we see that from Daniel Jones in, in, what was it, one of the last games? I don't know, it was a playoff well, game. He, was he, running the- he had one of the best games as a Giant, which everyone was like, that secured his contract. You yeah, know? but
1: but still, if I remember, he he threw for, like, 303 yards. It was a huge deal. He got. I mean, like, Foles was, like, godly. and But how do you predict who's going to be, you know, godly in a Super was Bowl? Was that the Vikings game? Maybe you're right. It was. Yeah. It was the
3: Minnesota it was the Minnesota playoff game. Yeah. 24 of 35,
0: 301
3: yards.
1: Everyone throws for 300 against Minnesota. Yeah.
3: Like it would take a Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer like comparison, but, but, and those see, teams that, had
1: elite teams built around them. And to me, I don't believe that's even applicable. That was a prior there's no defense. Think about the 49ers, one of the best D's, if not the best D in the league. And Kansas City comes in and puts up 40. Right? yeah is back in the day, if you had a d like that like the Steelers in seventy six you know the famous story is Steelers won Super Bowl nine they won Super Bowl ten Super Bowl eleven they would have had a better team, but they had like both court, or both running backs out, mm. which back then it mattered, and you know excuses whatever, but they started that season right the seventy six team like one and three, and then the last ten games of the year they gave up like thirty points. Yeah. 10 games, 30 points. It's like KC scored more in one game than Steelers gave in 10. And that's what a dominant D still could do in 2001, 2002. I don't think that's the case anymore. I
3: think if you put, da- like, if Daniel Jones had been on this year's 49ers team, I think he could win a Super Bowl. The problem is. That that can't happen once you start paying Daniel Jones forty million dollars. Like, yeah, you, you'll never build a team like that when you've got a, a, a middling quarterback making elite quarterback money.
1: Hmm. Who's the best defense? We always use two thousand twelve as the first year of the modern NFL because the new collect or not new now, but the collective bargaining agreement uh, it made it a different league. In the last five years, there's been a lot of movements towards less hits to the head and making defense even tougher. Who's the best? I'll even go back to twelve. Who's the best D in the NFL? 10, let's say ten plus years. So there's 320 defenses that we could talk about. Is there one you can even jump out and say like, yeah, that one?
3: 2012, the year the Ravens won. Uh,
1: okay, but was there a D that good? All right, so let's say we're going ten years back and not, and we don't count that year. Uh, Seattle Legion of Boom, maybe. Hmm. Huh. Maybe, but yeah. Now, how I mean, what was the final of that New England Seattle, that second Super Bowl? But isn't it interesting? 28 that, 24. Okay. So, but isn't it interesting? The last five years, nothing really even jumps out, does it? I can't really think of it. Like that, like Denver was the best. That's, I, that's the best example. This year, I think. And the, they couldn't.
2: The, the Denver, Peyton Manning over the hill year is, is the best example.
1: Yeah, that was a good... But isn't it interesting? That was, what now, six or seven years ago. So maybe you're right. If we look at 12, that's not the right time. to. We got to add in that you can't hit him in the head. Mm Because the famous game, they said that's the last old school game was Pittsburgh against the Ravens championship game before they went and played green Bay and lost. And it was, in fact, Bill Simmons was talking about this a couple weeks ago. He says, I watched that, some of that game. He goes, I couldn't believe what they were doing. It's like, even today's eyes, you look and go, that's gotta be a penalty. And it, it, <laughs> it just wasn't, you, know, you want to hear something wild real quick. I got a book. It's called the NFL in newspaper headlines. And it was from the beginning of the NFL and the book was done in 79 and what they do is they have no editorial comment. They just have page after page of AP or Pro Football Weekly, just articles. Like Jim Brown's last game had a little AP thing, you know, that kind of thing. I, I went to the Jack—I I didn't go to it, but I was flipping through. Jack Tatum when he hurt Stingley. Did you know that was a preseason game? Wow. No. <laughs> it was a preseason game, and they had comments from Tatum like a week later, Stingley was like in a coma for the whole time and he says, yeah, he goes, I could tell right away the ball was going to be way out of reach. He goes, so I figured I could give him a good shot. <laughs> and he goes, at first, I thought I just knocked the wind out of him. And that's how the article ended. There was no remo- there was no sense of like I better play PR. He was like, I knew so he was effectively saying the ball was uncatchable. Wow. It
3: all sounds like something a pro wrestler would say. Like
1: <laughs> Well, the, you know, his his autobiography was called They Call Me Assassin. Jeez. So, I Didn't
2: mean- Rey Mysterio kill somebody in the wrestling ring with one of his whip around moves? I
3: don't know. Hmm.
2: Anything else, Wes? <laughs> I thought it was on point. <laughs>
1: Anyway, the the saddest part of that story was at the end, they had another article of Stingley three weeks later saying, coach, I'm going to be back for the playoffs. And it was like they said he was still on a ventilator. It was like, I mean, let's just say, yeah, it was heavy. And no one seemed. And then. Was he back for the playoffs? He was, a, I mean, all joking aside, you know, he was paralyzed. Yeah.
3: I was, is that a joke? No, I wasn't trying to make a joke. I was just trying to say, like, no, he wasn't back for the playoffs. Like, no. I don't think everybody listened.
1: <laughs> What's wrong with this guy?
3: I just didn't think everybody who was listening knew the story, is then what I was. Why wouldn't
1: like. you say for those that don't, not joke about the paralyzed? I guy. wasn't
3: trying to joke. I was just trying to. <laughs> I, I,
1: oh, you were trying to get me to finish the story. Yeah. Oh, you, you make a good point. Maybe everyone doesn't remember. Though that one is such that I think he's the last guy hurt that bad, right? Paramount? The guy from the Jets. Dennis Bird. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. I guess what made that one even worse is it did feel gratuitous. Well, and even the Steelers linebacker feels like that. Well, I mean, no. It was changed. I mean, he ended his career, but, I mean, he walked. Yeah. You know, which, again, that's, you know. Uh, not that that's, I mean, right. high state guy, Pittsburgh guy. I don't, didn't like it at all, but, you know. Um,
0: that ball was clearly uncatchable. Is that, so I'm watching the
1: replay. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. I mean, and, he, and, and then then Tatum said, that's why we don't even run that route. He's saying the Raiders don't run that route because if the ball's a little off, you, you knew you were going to get really hit. Mm. Hey, it was weird to read it, the con, you know contemporaneous reports. But then I was flipping back, and in 73, I think, there was a running back that died. He went for a knee surgery. Hmm. And it just had a little like two paragraphs that says, "Backup running back, whatever I can't remember his name, dies." And you read it, and he just had like a like a like a, like a clean like an ACL type. But remember back then they had to cut your knee open. Right. There was No Arthur so they just said he he got a fever during surgery and was dead. And like, I I mean I wasn't I mean I guess in '73 I was a little baby, but I never even heard of this guy. Mm. It's just, it does show you to some degree. And I'm not saying we're moving in the wrong direction or whatever. We all got to decide that. But the idea of what happened in the Buffalo Cincinnati game and the idea of the seriousness of it versus how the league responded to these things. I mean, like in theory, the guy dies, you know, hurt himself on the field. They, you know, go to the hospital. He's dead. And it's like no one seemed to even take notice of it. It seems I, I,
2: I think there's a different the country has changed back in when i was in high school there'd be kids running around on mopeds that could go 35 miles an hour without helmets you know and it mm-hmm. was like i mean think about 13 year old kids are getting killed on mopeds all the time no problem
1: well i i think it's always the balance right because right? where does it end because the theory is uh, every time you leave that like i drove here from the house i risk my life right every time you leave the house you risk your life now the catch 22 is If you sit around the house and don't get vitamin D, you risk your life. So it's like, but there is an optimal way to live that will, I mean, as an actuary, you probably understand a former actuary better than most, but it's probably not how most people live. Is the optimal way to live. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to longevity.
2: Yeah. Well, you go, you like think about COVID, you go to the gym with all these other people around. Is this good for your mor- mortality or bad? I
1: don't right, know. There are some tough ones, but mostly we know. Right? But every yeah. time you get on a plane, every time you get in a car, there's a, ge- like the Kennedys were famous. For being skiers, yes, flying their own planes, and think about it—they've, you know, many of them. You know, JFK Jr. obviously an example.
2: D- Johnny's in Tahoe. You, youth learned a ski group. All mm-hmm. right, one of the people, one of the sixty kids, carted off on a stretcher.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, skiing—you, they're going down, down the, the bunny things. hill. She yeah, ran it, into a pole. I mean, people horse. I mean, just think of Reeves, the Superman. Reeves yeah off the horse what were you gonna say?
3: I was gonna say, like I think we all we also learn over time, like I mean, you've made fun of me before for talking about my mom riding me around in a car with no seat belts when I was a kid. i used to, when I was eight years old, I had a three wheeler mm-hmm. and I would drive to. i mean I'd drive it everywhere, and I'd do really dumb shit on it at eight years old. Now three wheelers you can't even get because they're too dangerous to, to for adults to drive. Well, right, you know what our like,
0: seatbelt was growing up—your dad's arm across.
1: Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> that was seat time, just seatbelt. Just with time, and I think like, but the question is, what is it always better? Because what we could easily do is fast forward 20 years and think, well, wh- where could it go? Well, we can make it where kids don't ever do this, and kids—it's like there's got to be a point where it's not worth it. The safety isn't worth it, or the heart. You know, there's a great line. And, and I don't know. The older I get, the more I see that I grew up in a very tough area. I mean, it was like the middle of the Rust Belt. Everyone's a coal miner. And, you know, they drank. And it was like, you know, I don't know anyone that dad didn't beat on them. I mean, it wasn't like, again, I, if the way I would say it was like, oh, it was normal stuff. Like the, today, the counselors would say, no, you you were told that was normal. But it's not. I don't know, you know. I know it was normal for that environment at the time. And it wasn't gang stuff. It was just a lot of, you know, hard scrambled, I guess, kids and people. But I think because that's not my nature, I'm not some tough guy, that I kind of compensated a little bit by kind of having a tough, not because it's what I truly believe, but I think that, it became my beliefs because that was the way for me to fit in and not be the guy that they wanted to, you know, I don't, I didn't want to be fighting all the time. So I, you know, I think I'm, I I've been a little too gruff and maybe that's the right word, gruff, because that's what was needed for me. Cause my natural way wasn't a, like a guy, a guy who wants to fight. There's certain people who want to fight. They want to fight. And I was never like that. It was like, I didn't see what I, I, I like to wrestle around and have fun. I love sports, but it wasn't, I want to like try to take someone's eye out with my, you know, and AJ, you were in the service. You obviously were around a lot of like uh, alphas that were yeah. like, physically wanting to fight a lot, yeah. and and there's a certain mentality that isn't normal or isn't typical with people like oh that. no doubt. And the service you're gonna have a lot of them in certain towns you're gonna to have a lot of. Them. Yep. And I think that I've been apprehensive to be super sensitive because that was weakness, right? older i get the little bit more sensitive i feel you know but i will say this i don't think meditating on it all the time you know there's a great line in bringing out the dead which is a scorsese movie no one knows about harley he was a ambulance driver in it a uh, nick nicholas cage and nicholas cage was kind of having visions and it was kind of surreal and at one he goes he, and he turns to the uh, i think it was Lawrence fishburne i can't remember and he's driving and he says don't you ever worry about this, 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 and this, you know, talks about the things that causes them angst. He goes, Yeah, I do. I just don't meditate on it, is what he said. And I think there's something to that line, is you can be aware of these things, but if you sit and think about all the permutations like of it consume all. You. It, 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 how do you ever Woody Allen style, right? To some degree, you hear his dialogue and it's like, that's how his mind works. Mm. He's always worried about, I don't know. I think there's a middle ground and it does feel like, and I'll say it again. uh, Was it Hamlet? What was the guy got hurt from the? Damar Hamlin. Hamlin is, I think my position, which was a minority position. It was a position most people didn't have was, man, it feels like this is a little overdone. Like days later, people on podcasts saying it doesn't feel right to talk about football. Well, it seems strange that like I haven't heard his name in a month. It's like if he was so important, it's it's like whatever is in front of our eyes is what we're supposed to think is so important, and I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying that and a hundred other things are too, but if we only let what's in front of our eyes be what dictates. It feels like we're we're just like we're like people at a carnival that's getting tricked with it, it, I don't know. I mean, have you guys had any thought in hindsight? With the Hamler thing of thinking like, huh, it feels weird how it dominated everything, and then like within two weeks just didn't mean anything. it it wasn't worthy of a comment apparently.
3: I always agreed with you that like the idea that we it was it was rude or somehow unbecoming to talk about football was like was they, absurd. Yeah, but I also I understood why the teams didn't want to play that night. Yeah, either. that's a
1: whole different. Con- I'm talking about the press reaction.
3: I, I, yeah, I I think it was just in. That's what the press does now. If there's some, if there's some story that they feel like they can grab onto and make it into the the story, or
1: that's they're going to do. Or they sanctimonious, because yeah. it was about themselves. In a way, yeah. it wasn't about him. It was about how we're reacting to him.
2: Yeah, like ten years from now, as far as you know, aging. This almost like you know that that hit song that like. I don't want, want to trivialize the injury, but that everyone was playing. It's number one on the charts, and then like you go back to like the '80s, and like that song was number one. How yeah. did that possibly yeah. get all that play time?
1: Well, I mean, time does give us different perspectives. What's your any thoughts on that?
2: No, I, th- I think social
0: media really fuels a lot of opinion and conversation,
1: and people feel like their take on it is going to be criticized if it's not in line. Mm-hmm. Somehow I don't seem. It to also shapes. Yeah, but it also <laughs> shapes. It also shapes your opinion too. Like you might have
0: yeah. one opinion now. You're reading a bunch of tweets and stuff, and it changes
1: Which you. again, I think is probably healthy. I think not being in an ec- not being mm-hmm. isolated, is a good thing. But I also think if you believe something, just because if you strongly believe it, like to me, I I tell you this. I I mean, we had a talk again. We pre recorded some stuff about the basketball player and the gun in Alabama. I was in one position for the first half of it, mm-hmm. and then I heard one thing, and I thought, huh, and I kind of went the other way. But I was still maybe a little, you know, on the 30-yard line, and then I went to the other 30. You <laughs> yeah, know. but
0: imagine, like, you tweeted, and then people responded
3: to you, and now, you're, now your opinion changes. No one does yeah. that. No one yeah. changes their mind based on the tweets, the, the comments it, on th- their tweets.
1: I think politically they don't, but I think in other things people do. At least if you don't ever change your mind, then mm-mm. Yeah. And, uh, all right. So Mackenzie found this and we'll move on. Mack Lee Hill was his name. And he was, uh, this happened then in 65. And it says he was a running back with a Southern University and then he played with the Kansas City Chiefs. He died suddenly after undergoing knee surgery two days after a game against the Bills. So against the Bills. Huh. But I mean, was OJ his knee surgeon? What is wrong with you today? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't think he said that ever. How would you do that? Now, like, maybe you shouldn't have went OJ. You should have went, like, what was the, the waiter's name?
3: Uh, Goldman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wrong. wrong,
1: wrong, yeah, wrong. It, it, it'd be like, well, last time someone died that fast from a scalpel, it was, you know, <laughs> like maybe that would have worked. But I don't like that kind of joke, generally. But I tried to go with the safe one. Yeah, hmm. huh. you can tell for sure we don't cut anything, Sorry. anything. <laughs> All right, next topic. By the way, R.I.P. Mackley Hill. My bad. No, but that. Is, but you really think about it, 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 it. We never heard of the guy. No. I mean, hmm. next up, and this one's an easy one: Jalen Hurts. The only question I have is: This is a guy that, when he got drafted, was ridiculed. The pick was ridiculed. Second round pick. Guy could hardly throw, in theory. When he replaced... I still remember the game after he replaced Wentz was against the Saints. The Saints were seven-point favorites. I thought, this is like a sacrificial lamb. Mm. Well, he won... He, co- I think they covered. I don't think they won that game. I can't remember. But I know I didn't win my bet on the Saints. And every year, he's gotten better. He's taken his weaknesses and and improved them. So you know he's a quarterback you want, the question is, is it 50 million? I'm hearing 50 with it with Hertz. And then you have got a running quarterback. And once again, though he played a great game in the Super Bowl, does he if he if he stays this quality thrower, I think you're still fine. But now the question becomes last thought, is if he drops off a little he hits 26, 27, he drops off a little bit as a runner. I don't think he's fine unless his passing picks up. So it just seems like a play on the come to some degree for 50 mil.
3: I think you also have to factor in what we talked about with Daniel Jones. Like right now, Jalen Hurts is on a really good football team. When he gets paid $50 million a year, the rest of his football team isn't as good. And he's a running quarterback. Yeah, 50 50 million a year. As good as Jalen Hurts has been, I'm not interested in that.
0: Also, they ran 32 quarterback sneaks last year. Right? They converted 29 of them, but that's. So this is like
1: the butt bu- This is push the, the, the push thing. Uh the push, push.
0: Yeah. They start paying this guy $50 million a year. Are they running 32 quarterback
2: sneaks with him? <laughs> well, they're probably going to outlaw it within yeah, 18 months. Uh, also. Uh, well,
0: even still, I mean, you know, he's got that massive lower body strength, but you run the risk of an injury every time you get involved in that scrum. And I don't want to be paying well, that I'll guy pay $50 million to be doing I'll,
2: that. I'll, I'll pay him $50 mil for four years. Mm hmm. I'm not going to pay him 50 mil for you know indexed for 10. You know that's the difference.
1: But you know the catch 22 is, and I don't understand the salary cap like a true expert. But they say that when you have a Mahomes type deal or even an Allen deal that I think is seven years, you have so much flexibility mm, when it comes point. to restructuring. Yeah. yeah,
0: because you can do, and you don't uh, have to
1: guarantee all of it. You can guarantee 60 yeah. because
0: a lot of, it can go signing bonuses, yeah. can, things like that. Yeah.
1: So I will say this: you know for sure you're. Buying at the top of the market. Like at any point in the history of the world, Jalen Hurts would have cost less than he costs right now, right? Because that Super Bowl was a big, like whatever questions you had, had to get answered there. Sure. I think. But now there's other questions about the, the amount of money. Okay. Now we got two quarterbacks. Let's talk injuries, Tua. I think that's our next one. So, so far we've had Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. Daniel Jones, now Tua. Now remember, Tua tank for Tua was a thing, (laughs) right? In hindsight, I don't get it. Like I know that hip injury probably took a little of his athleticism away, is what they're saying. But still, he he looks small on that field. And then what we've seen from Alabama quarterbacks, it's like you know Mac Jones. uh, We don't know, right? There's big questions there. So to me, Jalen Hurts. Well, yeah, kind
2: of. well he's a yeah. he's a
1: cast off Alabama. Yeah. I mean in theory well, he No, could've... he
0: graduated and left.
1: Yeah, but he did get cast off. I mean he did get <laughs> he got benched.
0: Yeah, but then he also came back and saved them the following year.
1: Oh I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying but what I'm saying is the Alabama decision yes. was Tua over her. Correct. Right? And my point will be in hindsight, the tank for Tua it seems weird to me because he physically looks overwhelmed sometimes. But he has a quick release. Which, you
2: know, I think this hip injury is. <laughs> you, you combine that with he might be one concussion away from being one bad concussion out for the year. It's just It's a bridge too far. You know, you just so can't. You, but what do you do? Well, they have you till, cannot sign him. You, you got to just. This is the issue with year, them too: is you they, they cannot have sign him a long term deal.
0: They have till next week to decide to pick if up his fifth office. year option or not.
1: Right. See, that's what's interesting. Before your fourth year, you got to decide. Yeah.
0: and so I, I think I think I don't think they're going to pick it up. <sighs> Well, that because would be it, a statement. Because, well, if he gets a concussion this year, his future is probably done. So, well,
1: who doesn't get one concussion?
2: But, but with him having multiple, and in, no, I
1: agree with yeah. you. It's almost like a sure thing that he's. That the question is, why go back on the field
2: if you're him? Well, I think that's a very sage question. Maybe I just it's don't, the money. I well, think the question show, is, that's, that's that's these are the guys. That have the multiple concussions that have problems, you know, after they get out of the league with all. What do they call that? With the CT, yeah, CT.
3: I think you can find another Tua. Like this isn't some. His skill set isn't some irreplaceable skill set. It's well, not like saying. Look at,
1: Fez, look at Fez on his rankings. Here's the thing: Tua was a viable, borderline, but viable MVP candidate before he got hurt.
3: Agreed for about eight games. Yeah, but but coming into the season, where would you have ranked Tua? I think he answered
1: a lot of questions because the theory was when you don't have receivers, it's tough. He had receivers and he did it. Like, I mean, my point is, in a weird way, before the year, I would have said I'm not a Tua guy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Zach Wilson level, but it's like I Mm -hmm. just don't think this guy's going to – I would say Daniel Jones and Tua I thought equally about, to be honest. Forget Daniel Jones for a second. Tua after eight games was like – If you would have said, "Which you know, do we resign him?" It's like, "Well, yeah, immediately would be." They give him a contract now. Yeah, before, before, and now the other. So it gets so much more complicated now because of the concussions. If he had this coming in last year, who cares, right? I mean, I care about his health. I agree.
3: But is there something that that Tua does? That you feel like
1: well, name me another quarterback like like Faz had him what eighth? Yeah, you've okay. got my you've got my ranking. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, eighth it is. So I mean, the only ones better, and this is a smidge better, is Cousins, Dak, Hertz, Herbert, Josh Allen, Burrow, Mahomes. Now you got a hard on for everyone but Cousins there, right? Yeah. So now who two, are the guys behind him? The guys behind him, Lamar, and again that's injury related, but two is injury related too. Uh, Tannehill, I think he's a little high. Rogers. He's a little low. You think he's eleven right now? He's old. Yeah.
3: I'd rather have Rodgers right now than Tua, yeah. given the health health situation. But
1: for careers? Yeah. Now that's interesting. Now that's Whoa. Put a segment around that's, that.
0: That's making a statement about Tua's future. I don't believe.
3: I don't. Believe, he, I, don't yeah. I don't believe it's. I don't that's
0: believe he's a, long yeah, for yeah, the
1: that NFL. Like a segment. Yeah, which Listen. I
0: kind of, I kind of almost agree with because I, if I'm the Dolphins, that's why I'm saying I do not pick up his fifty-year option because. I'm letting him play out this year and see if he can stay healthy for the year.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what? It used to be if you didn't pick it up, it was such a rebuke that the player would, you know, not want to come back. This is a strong point, but now it's now it like it's becoming. Yeah. Unless it's obvious.
0: Yeah, I think the Giants. I mean, the Giants got burned on it, but but then again, did they? Because they found their quarterback of the next couple of years. That's a good. They're going to have to. They're going to have to, year, next year have to would pay have been for it. Twenty
1: three million. Exactly. Right?
0: They're going to have to pay for it, but it doesn't matter. They know that Daniel Jones can be their guy now. The Dolphins, if you find out this year, he stays healthy the whole year.
1: Would that change he, it in the next concussion? Let's say he avoids a concussion the whole year. Isn't he still just one concussion away?
0: I
3: think so. Yeah, sure.
0: But I, at least if he's proven that he can get through the entire season. And the further you are away from your last concussion, the better.
1: Uh, well, is, is that true? I don't know.
0: It's, it's got to be. Science.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ro- Thank you, Dr. Science. <laughs> After Rodgers, Stafford. Brady, who's retired. Carr, Daniel Jones. I'd rather have Derek
3: Carr than than Tua.
1: Well, you'd rather have almost any competent quarterback if yeah. you believe he can't play even the rest of the year. So Honestly, I, even without concussions, I'd rather have Derek Carr than Tua. You know what we Oh no, God no. Two of the first eight games was better than Derek Carr's ever been. I disagree with that.
0: Hmm. I mean the numbers speak for themselves. He was he was one of the
3: top three quarterback in the league first half of the season. I mean, do you remember the year that Derek Carr was like a legit MVP candidate?
1: That's true. There was so was Carson Wentz, and you know what? Maybe that's making AJ's point, which is we have Carr's longevity at let's say the fifteenth best quarterback. Mm-hmm. We got two of them worse than that career, better than that for eight games. It's an interesting debate, mm-hmm. you know, recency bias, so because it just happened. Well, it, all I know is this. Damn good storyline to follow. No doubt. All right. <laughs> Next up, we've got let's get McKenzie worked up a little bit. Uh-oh. Let's go. San Francisco quarterback situation. Now, if we look at the Super Bowl odds, hot off the presses, sharp consensus with seven books. Right now, the 49ers are the, the third favorite. Kansas City, Buffalo, 49ers, tied with the Eagles. Had with the Eagles? Brock Purdy, a weak arm quarterback to start. There's a reason he was in the seventh nope. round. Wasn't his lack of brains. Now has a catastrophic arm injury? Tommy John-ish. Tommy John-ish. I mean, if he loses 10% off his arm strength, he probably can't play in the NFL. Freed. Right? So, and forgetting his career, what's the odds of him being... At 100% for September. And then you have multiple surgeries. It's not even getting reported he's had multiple surgeries by most outlets. Trey Lance. Yeah. I think at this point, if he's walking or, you know, like without a limp is going to be the main, like he doesn't want to have a cane the rest of his life. I'm joking about someone being crippled. But, you know, the reality is we don't know what Trey Lance can be. I will say one thing about Trey Lance. It felt like we saw a lot of failure from him. He got hurt the middle of the second game, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? Beginning of the second game. Oh, okay. Get okay. three passes. Okay, don't make me turn your mic off.
2: It, well, three passes, could have been the fourth quarter. And he looked good in that game against the Bears. Oh no. But but then, but then no. you could well, I think say. I said he did.
1: Then you could say it's a monsoon, though. Yeah. I'm Bermuda Cross. So in a weird way, yeah. So in a weird way, <laughs> that's good. In a weird way, we don't know. Like coming into the year, I was a skeptic of Trey Lance, right? I hadn't seen anything. I thought the fact they didn't have any um packages for him his rookie year was a big problem, yeah. I thought. We we was it confirmation bias? Oh, I don't think he's any good. Oh, look, he didn't throw well in the monsoon. Oh, look, he didn't do great in three passes. I do think the fact his running ability obviously isn't what we thought it was. He's not a natural runner, is a problem. But now, who? who what's the other options? What's Jimmy G doing? He's gone. They already said he's out. They said we're sick of his. Why? Shit. We actually had
3: this conversation on uh, Straight Out of Vegas this morning. Okay. Uh, about it, it, the Forty Nine ers are probably going to bring in a third quarterback. What, who? Who? What, well, that's what we we're discussing. What level makes sense? Like what, what's
2: Fitzpatrick doing, man? He's, he does He's the, doing television.
1: Thursday night. Sh- <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah.
3: But like does it make sense to get someone who you feel like can win you a game or two here and there, like a, a Mike White or a, or someone like that? Mm-hmm. Or do do you feel like you have to go with like a Teddy Bridgewater, like a, a really well, high I mean, end backup even, you feel can start for then, you?
1: Then Teddy Bridgewater's not winning you any titles. Right. So All, like, all
2: we wh- need is a guy to be like workman like. What's Mariota up to? He's cut. Oh, you he's
1: need. available. You think Mariota is is, is going to win you a Super Bowl? He's every bit as good as Purdy. Could Derek Carr win? I don't, he hasn't. He hasn't played seven games or whatever like Purdy played. That's this a good year. point.
2: But he didn't. He, he's never gotten to play with a championship team though. Well, for a reason.
3: <laughs> yeah, <fair enough. laughs>
2: so, I mean,
1: no. De- Derek Carr seems like the best he's available. A Forty million dollar quarterback. If, I mean, so that's the thing. San Francisco's got salary cap out the Wazoo issues. I mean, look at the the, the all star lineup they have. Yeah. They signed Debo for big money. McCaffrey's not cheap. I mean, what I'm you know they got Bosa that's got a new deal coming up. All right, Mackenzie. Now try to be reasonable. What's your thoughts? Uh, I'm excited about the season. We have a couple of good options coming he down the It Sounds like Dag Bob. Remember him? No. Remember when we invaded in in '93 or whatever the Iraqi one invade uh-huh. operation is he was the PR agent or the, you know, the press secretary for Sodom. And he's saying, we do not believe America has breached our, you know, has breached our defenses. And then you see tanks rolling by behind him (laughs) and stuff. (laughs) And they always have this tone that guys like shows like this, that like they don't want to put any emotion in it. So they go like, I believe that this will be a successful season and I'm looking forward to it. Like There's no sense of any like, emotion behind it. Like, it's almost like reading, uh, what's that when someone gets kidnapped? Like a, a ransomware? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe, yeah, it's like, yeah. Mackenzie, try to be human for us. I like the 49ers over 10 and a half. Fez didn't. I said, bet as much as you want. He said 3,000. I said, cool. It you guys are over. betting 3,000?
3: Yes, we did. Green button. When was this? I think it was
1: August. So, oh, you bet! This year, yeah. So, did you get paid? Oh, yeah. We we settled it. What did they give you? Like coupons for like a Caesars? Me guys go way back. We got a lot of we got a lot of to- uh, tallies.
0: McKenzie gets four fruit bottles of the champagne. <laughs> 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 you know, you got my diamond only card. on Thursdays so. though.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. How did you guys press the green button without like? That's Pod. And you never brought this up for us to talk about? I did not. No. <laughs> I'm turning off his. Can you believe that, Scott? That those two had a $3,000, like the, the week that it went over? That, I, should have been a, that should have been like the focus of the whole week. What do you think? Anytime?
0: Unless the payout really was complimentary bottles of champagne yeah. from
1: Paris. Doesn't that seem crazy?
3: Yeah. Although I was there for that podcast, and I, don't, I didn't bring it up to you either, so it's on me as much as anyone.
1: It doesn't make any sense. Here comes Fez. Fez, is it true Mackenzie beat you out of $3,000? We're on air still. Is that true? On San Fran? Well, there's a story there. Well, let's hear it because I'm pissed off. I didn't know about this. It could have been a focus of the whole year. I don't get how... so Mackenzie and I
2: had a bet before the season started for three thousand yeah. dollars, and then it was like week seven, and we had Mackenzie and I had a disagreement about what we were doing in terms of betting, and we were working together on some stuff. And I said,
1: "So you disagree with some of your work?" I can't believe it.
2: So, so we 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 agreed, Mackenzie. Correct me if I'm wrong here, that um, we were just not going to work together on on betting stuff, and we we're just going to focus on content at that point in time, mm-hmm. and. And Mackenzie asked me, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, do we still have this $3,000 bet?
1: So, and so what was the record at the time? Eight and four. I so do- you were ahead of the pace. Then. I, I don't recall, but so I re- the, the but fact I- that he asked shows that it, it's almost like you know how statutory rape—the rationale is that you shouldn't, if someone can't do consent, they shouldn't be able to have sex. Mackenzie shouldn't be betting big money against you.
2: Well, well. I- should, do we still I, have a bet? I, but I remember, th- I remember the text exchange very well. And and basically, I said to Mackenzie, and I quote, "I don't care, you decide." And McKenzie responded back, "Then we have no action." Do I did I recall incorrectly, McKenzie? No.
1: So when I just asked, did he pay you the three thousand? You said we settled it. Yeah. Say goodbye to Mackenzie on it for a month. He's off for a month. I mean, it's just crazy. Whew. Whew. All right, I'm just gonna forget about that. That would have been such a great conversation debating if it should continue or not.
0: I would have taken my pay in the complimentary bottles of champagne. Yeah, that's up. what we thought. That yeah. somehow he
1: paid him off with like a Caesar's diamond card or something.
0: What's that? bacano? Is that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The buffet.
2: Yeah. That's a good buffet. (laughs)
1: Is it? You don't think so? I've had it like three. I haven't had it for three or four years, probably. The,
2: the reason it's so good is it,
1: it's a huge, huge selection.
2: As exactly, as a foodie, think like the Rio used to be. Yeah, yes, you would appreciate the fact that it, like they have beet hummus, they have mm-hmm. lamb t-bone, they have so many different Ooh, items. Lamb they lamb t That literally. I don't know rich- if
0: I would have led with the beet hummus, but I get your point. Well, it, He's very it, don't knock,
2: don't knock it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So can we agree to the following? Anything, I mean, you guys have been with me long enough. You know what we like to sink our teeth into: controversy, disagreement, money. <laughs> if there's anything that involves that, let's make sure it comes to my attention. What do you think, Fez? You agree? I
2: I, I agree, but there. This this was during like Mackenzie and I I'm were talking having... about
1: the bet itself. I should have known about. Yes. I mean, you made it on air, right? I think you did. I can't listen I think you... to every f- yeah, there you focus. Go. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I've, again, I've heard the story. I mean, again, when I'm asking the questions, I'm interested. I'm not saying the other ones aren't good. I'm just saying it's, you know, I've, I, we've done this for 10 years. I know most of the stories. This is a new one. Hmm. AJ, you're to blame, too. I know. <sighs> huh. Okay. Next game. Or oh, not game? Next topic. So, Fez, I mean, whatever pessimism you had for the quarterback situation for the 49ers entering last year, you'd have to have it more this year, right? Because the theory is Purdy feels like a lost cause for the year. I'm not sure. But Trey Lance, you got to have a little less faith in him at minimum because who knows what the injury – the effect the injury is going to have,
2: right? It's a very difficult question because my optimism for the 49ers as a team – is is has swelled? You know the fact that they could make Purdy look like an MVP candidate means maybe so, so, any so, capable. So, that's quarterback. A, so
1: you didn't generally think the Forty ers were a good team.
2: I did not think that they were good enough to be a contender with a, a scrum bum at quarterback.
1: But are we sure Purdy's a, I mean, was we Brady a scrum bum? When, we don't.
2: I, that's, the, that's, that's the
1: question. That's, that is the question. But I think in a weird way, the fact he did something no one's ever done to come in like a third stringer like that and have them undefeated up until when he got hurt. Yes, I throwing mean, that's two touchdowns one of a, kind. a game exactly. It's a fascinating. It's a good storyline. Good one. Okay. Next game, another running quarterback, the Bears. Now, this one, again, not a game. This one is complex. How good is Justin Fields? You have serious people saying, maybe not serious, professional media members saying, well, Bears got the quarterback situation covered. You know, saying like like, Jalen Hurts now is the model. It's like, oh, he's like Jalen Hurts. You know, each year he's getting back. He can hardly throw the ball in the NFL.
0: I mean... Not going to change my opinion. They got they should trade him and draft the quarterback number one.
1: What do you think they get for him?
0: I don't care what you get for him. So you think
1: he's almost, almost it's not like about
0: a throwaway? That. It's, 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 it's about the financial commitment to the quarterback position, where mm-hmm. by getting rid of... Uh, of your quarterback, of him now, Justin Fields, and drafting, it, whether it's C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, whichever one you like better, you are resetting the clock on your franchise, yeah. and you're but extending you're your window. The, but
1: if you believe you have a winning ticket, you let it play out.
3: I, I disagree with Scott. I would much rather trade that first pick, get another first-round pick with it, so now you've got two first-round picks for one, and you've still got sort of the, the hope that Justin Fields makes another jump this year.
0: But what's the best case scenario for the Bears with Justin Fields?
1: Is Hurts is not the best case? Scenario? Can't can he? Is it imp, not impossible? But, is it that unlikely? he comes a
0: Hurts. Hurts took them to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Are the Bears getting to the Super Bowl in the next year? But well, no, years? because they're, they're, they're the
1: freaking Bears. But the only way to get to the Super Bowl is to have a team so that if he, has if good quality play,
0: players. If he plays like Jalen Hurts over the next two seasons, mm-hmm. you are a playoff team, yes or no? Yeah. Okay then you're, giving, you're going to give him 40 something million dollars a year? In theory,
1: you you were happy to give it to Hurts, right? Yeah, he went to the Super Bowl. You, you just play, said if he goes many, to the Super Bowl, are you going to give him $40 if How many the games are going to the, to Super the Bowl Eagles in the next two win? Years. Well, remember, Jacksonville had the number one pick two straight years, and then they made the play. I mean, the NFL, you can turn around fast. How many games did the Eagles win
2: with Fields the quarterback? A whole lot of games. None.
1: None. <laughs> Fields a quarterback for the Eagles? Yeah. Fields is the Bears quarterback. You mean Hurts.
2: They, I understand that, but if if you traded, oh. if you traded they traded quarterbacks last this year. year. yeah, Last oh. year. Last year.
1: Last year, okay.
2: I think, I when would you rate. say last
1: year, you mean the season that just ended? Yes. Okay. Well, I,
2: I say the Eagles still are play, solidly a, a contending team with fields in the playoffs.
1: Oh, see, I was thinking in the playoffs.
2: I think they make the playoffs so and win Hertz, 11 games. Then
1: that tells you that you don't think Hurts is much better than the fields. I think he's better. But not much. But not tremendous. But, but then for the it's next two years, po- who points. would you rather have for the next two years? All right. Fields on the rookie deal or Hurts at 45, whatever the market ends up being. It's close, but Hurts at 45. Okay, so you think he's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But to me, if Fields, if we knew this was his ceiling, I don't even want him as a a slash type guy, you know, bring him in Mm -hmm. second, running back that can throw the ball. But if he can take a couple steps passing, because in college, he was a great passer. The thing is, he doesn't, you know, again, I'm I'm parroting what people say that really know. He doesn't throw with anticipation. He has yeah, to see him. Johnny out. Manziel
0: was a great passer in college. When mm-hmm. your team is better than the other team and you have elite receivers, you're going to look good. Johnny Manziel was throwing to Mike Evans in college, like uh, so, going up against yeah. boys. Like he, So it's like, not, I agree.
1: Good. It's not that he can't, like if he, it was some skills competition, he could be fine. That's a good way to look. Yeah, at it. it's yeah. just he doesn't have the ability. Yeah. to read. Oh, but who never, knows what it is? I I know there was a lot of. He went eleventh for a reason. There was skepticism he could do. I tell well, you, remember, this.
3: there's a reason why Lamar went last in the first round because he could like he was the least accurate quarterback that went in the first round in like years and, and remember, years.
1: Fields wasn't known as such a great runner in college. I mean, this has been in a way a revelation. And, and how but now it we know it's there.
2: This guy, this guy looks better than the typical running back. I mean, the, his acceleration and is and just he runs unbelievable. Between the yeah, he's the, he's right the up the field. The quarterback
1: that runs between the tackles like that of right. all these running quarterbacks. I mean, sneaks or whatever, but Hurts yeah. is usually not running between the tackles. No, he's running
2: 50 yards straight through the center of the defense.
1: So AJ, you were uh, you almost ridiculed me for liking fields. I did. After the first year, mm-hmm. I'm now probably less optimistic than you. I yeah. I don't think he grew as a passer.
3: No, he he hasn't grown as a passer, but so, I still see a ceiling for him and if, I, if because I'm not in love with any of the quarterbacks.
1: They won the least amount of games. Right.
3: I'm not in love with any quarterback in this draft. If someone else is, let them give me two first rounders for that pick, and I'll take my chance with another year of Justin Fields. And if it doesn't work, guess what? I got two first round picks next year I can use.
0: By the way, just just a comparison: the Justin Fields' final year at Ohio State threw for twenty one hundred yards, twenty two touchdowns, and six interceptions. C.J. Stroud threw for 3,688 yards, 41 touchdowns, and six picks. And the year before that, C.J. Stroud threw for almost 4,500 yards, 44 touchdowns, and six picks. Give me C.J. Stroud, number one overall, and trade Ooh. Justin Fields the hell out of here.
1: Now that is some strong shit there. I, I think it's a hell of a take. I'm not sure I agree because that segues to the next storyline, mm. which is, and I'm stealing this from Ron Rossillo, the phrasing. Is how much does Bryce Young weigh?
0: He's so short. They, I, they they had a video of him walking into the 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 combine. Uh, or yeah, there at the combine, he walking in, and he was walking next to like another player, and that player is listed at five ten, and he looked like a bigger human being than Bryce Young.
3: There's a photo on Twitter this week of Bryce Young with Drew Brees. Okay, Brees is like six
1: foot and change in theory, right? He's yes. much
2: bigger than Bryce Young,
1: yeah, and he's slight of bone. Yeah, you know. I so mean, R-
2: RJ and I were in Atlanta, <laughs> and, and and we saw Murray. We walked past us, and RJ towers over Murray. Yeah, like, right. Bryce Young towers. Yeah, the, the point I'm trying to make
0: nine. about the, the guy that he was walking next to, that's listed at five ten, that looked Bryce Young's listed as six foot, and this dude who's listed at five ten looked like a bigger human being. No, that, I believe so Bryce it. Young's five nine. Is your guess? He, I think he's five ninety. Yes. And he's
1: like one eighty. He's playing weight, yeah. right?
0: And CJ Stroud's like six.
1: <laughs> now now here's the thing. To me, this is a societal question, which is we wanna we wanna rebel against restrictions of the past. It's like back in the day, it's like you gotta be six four, or you can't really be a great quarterback. What was Doug Flutie's height? He's like five, five
2: seven. Old. Yeah. No, I don't even know. He's on 5'9". He nine. can
1: ride the rides. I think it was like five, <laughs> five ten. ten. All right, so we met. Oh, yeah. he's five ten. It says on the internet, it's five ten. Yeah, Kyler Murray also says he's five ten. Okay, so so let, <laughs> uh, we don't know who's lined by what degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
3: I've stood next to Kyler Murray, and I can promise you, he's not five ten.
1: I I agree. The the point I'm making is, Doug Flutie, let's assume he and Kyler Murray is about the same size. Kyler Murray went one overall after mm-hmm. winning the Heisman. Flutie won the Heisman. And went, what would he go, like in the fifth round? I yeah. Can, he went to the CFO. He went
3: to the CFO. He could hardly get a job in the league because he was too short.
1: So yeah. it's like, have the linemen gotten shorter?
3: Well, I think Russell Wilson changed a lot of people's minds about what was possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and But there's still going to—
1: Still gonna, no MVP votes.
3: No. But I still think there's going to be hesitancy when you see a guy that's built like you Bryce You know Gino Young.
1: Smith has more MVP votes. <laughs> that's true. well. No. Because, you know, they, they had five deep this year. Mm. Actually, the Buffalo Bills... This is Bills, the first time they've had five deep? Yeah. The Buffalo Bills trainer actually got an MVP vote. Oh, outstanding. Oh. Like, for coming out and helping... The hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I so, saw that, yeah. He has more MVP votes than,
0: <laughs> than Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson.
1: Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I, it, <laughs> I think Russell Wilson was a... He, he went, what, in the second or third? He went third, third round. round. Again, we're talking about should he be the number one pick in the draft. Russell Wilson was a roll of the dice... Worked out, but I would make the case. Kyler Murray, where does you know, is Kyler Murray the cautionary tale to Bryce Young? I think there's a lot of cautionary tales because Russell Wilson, in a way, has been debunked. Like the minute he starts losing his physicality, and again, but if you win one Super Bowl, who cares what happens to him after that? I hear you, I hear you, but boy, he was good, it still was a third round pick, yeah. I mean, I. I would say this. I haven't heard anyone say Bryce—oh, I'm sorry, that Stroud should be the number one pick. I mean, meaning that is a—I mean, I hear second all the time.
0: Yeah, right now, Young is minus 160 to be the number one overall pick. Stroud plus 380 is the second favorite. Yeah, I would say— I mean, now people are talking about Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I think Richardson
1: actually would be my— if, as a, I heard, what, 7-1 to one with him? Is that what, what are we saying?
0: He's at right now, he's plus 550 now. The so odds it, have it's just going down shot to, up. Justin yeah.
3: Fields
1: 2.0. Well, that's what, I mean, it's interesting because they're saying he has all the tools, but he hasn't yet proven he does. Like, in a weird way, I think less of Fields as a passer now because I saw a year he didn't make progress. Mm. Obviously, he's a better runner than I thought. But I'm saying Richardson hasn't had a chance to be cultivated. And two he, years ago, he was the packet, like he was the running quarterback. Mm-hmm.
3: This year, when he was the full-time quarterback, I mean, obviously he threw just not
1: all that well. But would you say he has a strong arm? Tools are there, no doubt. Fast. I mean, yep. they're saying he's got more tools than anyone. Like I heard someone say, "a, but, a better Josh Allen."
4: <sighs>
1: I mean, you know, arm just as strong, better runner, just as big. I mean, again, he's a project, but boy, I'd rather take a project that hasn't failed yet, really. But I love it because we got
0: Well, just wait. They're all throwing this Saturday oh, combine. All throw. Well, Levis is throwing, Richardson's throwing, and Stroud's throwing.
1: Stroud's throwing. Yep. Now that surprises me. That surprises me. Just wait till you watch Will
0: Levis throw at the combine and oh, yeah. and, and wait till everyone gushes over this kid to be the number one overall pick. He I does not deserve it. But he's a guy that in shorts and a tank
3: top throwing the football, he everyone is, is going to salivate over this kid. He is Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky all rolled up into one. Huh. He's got a he's got a cannon for
0: an arm and again with no defense coming at him and just throwing. Everyone's going to say this kid
1: should be the number one pick. This is what makes the NFL so interesting to me. Things, every year the story is changing, things evolve. A couple years ago we'd be like, if you don't have accuracy, you can't do it. Josh Allen changes that. But now is, is there going to be an overreaction and people are going to go all toolsy? I love it. Great storyline. Great storyline, AJ. <laughs> all right, continuing on. I think the Bears one is really good because it really gets to the heart of two more years cheap, Versus four years cheap, what do you know about fields? What do you know about a draft choice? You're trading certainty, but I don't think it's certainty you like with fields. But the running changes it. It's, it's great. I
3: think the Bears one is such a great point because I think – or a great topic because both sides – I can see a really good argument for both sides.
1: They only won three games this year. I know, Faz. I know. <laughs> well, luckily we got we can settle everything up with my domination of all the preseason. Or uh, yes. you saw those results, right? Yes. Yes. What would you think? Did you think like how does he? Did you think how did he do it? Like we had like, four contests. You won two of them. Did yeah. you see who won the other two? I I, I no. You what I saw those. was everyone lost money but me. Is what I saw. And I saw you were partnered with someone on one of your wins, uh-huh. right? So you had one and a half wins. One and a half wins. And you lost money. I lost money in the preseason. Yeah, ex- that's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> okay. Faz, you wasn't great. I mean, when you traded all your, you traded to get up to get I, I to Aaron Rodgers. I, I seem to remember I had the
2: bay, of, the bay of pigs, Green Bay in Tampa. Yes,
1: <laughs> but that was funny. And it worked he out tra- about the same as the it American up and history. Said, Don't
2: give me Mahomes. No, <laughs> I, want I want Aaron Rodgers.
1: Oh, no wonder you got what, him eleven. What is not winning for eight <laughs> hundred? All right, let's keep going. Last of the quarterback talk, <sighs> Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Obviously, there was talk about, hey, what do you think about him having an office? And everyone's making a big deal about Sean Payton saying, I'm unfamiliar with such things. <laughs> uh, now, we can debate how good Payton is because you could say he had a hall of a top shelf first ballot Hall of Famer with Breeze. And he had a couple seven-win years with Breeze.
2: Seems like they did pretty well when Breeze was hurt also, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. And the famous 2017 draft kind of turned things around for the Saints. Kamara was in that draft, if I recall. Um, I don't know if there's much to talk about, but he hasn't gotten an MVP, vote. I know that. (laughs) Anything? Anything? That one doesn't interest us. It seemed he could like only
2: he, get better. It seemed like the trend line was better. It that yeah, it, Russ played you know, better
3: down the, the last few games. Yeah,
2: I mean, what, let's coincidentally
3: say, when Nathaniel Hackett was gone. Yeah, I
1: think I think having a competent coach can only help. Let's say 70th percentile outcome, meaning he's better than average but not crazy. Fez, where where, where does Russell Wilson rank at, at the end of that season? I had him 22nd. Okay, so you would say maybe 18th if he did a little better than you expected? Yeah. So you're saying he's a below-average quarterback. Which doesn't feel right, does it? No, I think he's a below-average quarterback. Yeah, it's interesting. We got two years of it since he hurt his hand. Who knows if that hand ever came back? I mean, he was doing handoffs and stuff. Then when he says, let's ride, he usually moves his hands (laughs) like a lasso. You never know. (laughs) Give us one. One what? Broncos country. Oh. Let's ride. Let's ride. I
0: thought you were going to make me do high knees.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that. All right. There is one more quarterback. Der- oh, I guess these two fall in a different category, and then we're done with the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr. We've talked- we'll do it together. We talked a lot about the market for quarterbacks. Now, Derek Carr, the question is, can he win a Super Bowl? I don't know about first battle Hall of Famer, the Jets. As they say, but I, you know, Colin also said he was a Hall of Famer potentially, or like like he had it. You know, if he keeps keeps up this he's way, he's a compiler. That's the thing. If mm-hmm. He plays
3: for.
0: If he plays. The guy on, guy? I think they have to 40. go together.
3: If if he wins a, a Super Bowl, his stats are going to be good enough that yes. people will you consider. Think him. If
1: he wins a Super Bowl, Derek Carr makes the Hall of Fame. I think he does. If he plays and if he's the MVP and he
2: wins the Super Bowl, he makes the Hall of Fame.
1: If he well, he's got to
2: play. Until his 40s.
0: Like
1: Matt yeah. Stafford.
3: Matt Stafford
2: it's was...
1: It's a great example. Like, no, Matt Stafford was a lot better quarterback
3: than, 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 than Carr's well, been. Well, you got to think about... Look at the win-loss record of Matt Stafford before he well, got well, to the And Rams. Look at his record team.
2: against winning teams. Win, you know?
1: Wins and losses are not a quarterback stat. Haven't you heard mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I just never... Let me ask you this, Fez. Derek Carr's been in the league, what, seven, eight years, whatever? He's probably been in your top ten for maybe... Ten weeks during that time, doing that one run. Yeah,
2: he's always been right in the middle, seventeenth, and then he had. How won. does the
1: seventeenth best quarterback over a career make the Hall of Fame?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I don't see
1: it. I don't.
2: In fact, do you, we have a, do we have a but comp it, of a serviceable guy that basically played year after year that made the Hall of Fame? Uh,
1: no. Philip Rivers. He hasn't made the Hall of he Fame. Was, yeah, he no, was. Rivers was a top ten. Rivers
2: will. was a top ten quarterback. Yeah, I, there. I
1: listen. Big Ben's gonna make it from that class, and and Eli's gonna make it. I'm not sure Rivers will. Yeah, I but, I know e,
0: but Eli, would, if you take away you, I mean, can't take Eli away the without Super Bowls. Super Bowls? I'm it's saying you know, can't it's, take it's, away the Super Bowls. How could you? But if if you did, Eli Manning is nowhere close to a Hall of
1: Famer.
3: Well, he's t- only a Hall of Famer because of the two Super Bowl runs. But and if Philip Rivers has one Super Bowl. Do do you doubt that he would be oh, a Hall of Famer? I think he's an automatic Hall well, Hall of Famer. Well that's what I'm saying about Derek Carr. Like if he once
1: but, you... but he's not as good as Philip Rivers is like the fifth or sixth best quarterback at different points of his career, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yes. Yeah, I don't think Carr I mean, listen, Carr's not that old. He's like what is he, thirty one, thirty oh, two? Right. As I'm
0: saying, if he plays until he's, he's...
1: Getting, but he's getting jettisoned. What Hall yeah. of Famer gets jettisoned from his team when he's when he's thirty one as a quarterback. He is thirty one.
2: Yeah, it's weird. It's just, and and by all accounts, I mean that he's not a locker room problem. No, guy. if anything, he was been the he, opposite. Like the glue during
1: all this disaster. So, so how could he be a Hall of Famer if they're trying to get rid, of, or if they well, rid of this is.
3: I think they got rid of him because Josh McDaniel is trying to save his job.
1: Hmm. But why would getting rid of a a guy? Say say I don't get how that would be because now who's the quarterback going to be who, this well, year?
3: Well, who do, who do we point at for – who do we blame this season's failures on? Stidham.
1: Well, very few people get – very few people get – the coach get fired after one year. There was no chance he was getting fired. Yeah, that's true. Plus, they ha- he got a big deal, and the, yep. the Raiders don't have a lot of money. If anything, would I understand – again, Lombardi, uh, his son is the O.C., Right, Mike Lombardi's son's the OC with the Raiders, so he he doesn't talk a ton of Raiders, but when he does, you can tell when at least I can when it's coming from knowledge. At least I I think I do. Is they're not going to be anxious to get a, a real good quarterback this year. Really? Meaning, if they, they it's kind of like it looks like they're tank not tanking, but it looks like they're resetting. And if it's something falls in their lap, but they're not. I mean, in a way, Carr is the second jewel of the crown. Amongst free agents, if you let him, if you let him go, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, who who can be an upgrade? Yeah. So you got to maybe gotta dra- Garoppolo
3: for some teams.
1: No. Wait, is Garoppolo going to make the Hall of Fame?
3: No. No, no, no. Well, then how- but I just mean like it- Garoppolo's an upgrade for say the Falcons over. No, what but they, what like- I'm saying,
1: if you're the Raiders,
3: okay, you let go a car, okay, and and, and well, remember you're, you're- Garoppolo's worked with Josh McDaniels before
1: and had success. But and- would that
2: be an you're upgrade? You're downgrading your quarterback.
1: I, th- I agree. You're letting go a guy knowing you've got no chance to upgrade, which means you've got it, Which means you got to yeah, Mick Lombardi's name you, means you got to um go in the draft and just roll the right. dice and hope to get one of the four year you know cheap guys. But you, that- you know
2: one thing about the Raiders, I wanted to ask you it's a guaranteed sellout each and every week because mm-hmm. people love to come to Vegas, you know? So, I mean, financially, as far as an organization, they don't even have to win to make to make the, the, the organization, the franchise worth, you know, just yeah.
1: billions. And I don't know how much of this is anachronistic. I know when they were in Oakland, they were the, the, the least financed franchise in the NFL, by all accounts. Now they're in Vegas, but has the money caught up to the debt? I don't know. There still seems to be talk about money. I don't know. I don't really... I get wins of this stuff, but I'm was not it, on the real inside of that. Was the stadium here built on taxpayer dollars or is it the Raiders do the Raiders own it? Oh, they he didn't like have taxpayers. Any money. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he put up it's anything. Like, uh.
2: It was a terrible that? deal for the city. I know that, but people are saying.
1: Oh, but in a way, the branding. I mean, just having an NFL team makes you feel like a real city. I mean, di- I mean, you know, it, it certainly that, you does. Know,
2: that's, that's really a good point. And I have to say too, like those iconic stuff, like the Space Needle. Mm-hmm. It makes like it makes a city like having the Stratosphere on that skyline is worth so much to Vegas. Having the High Roller, having that new dome behind the, the Venetian, yeah, and having Vegas having, having that this stuff. having that stadium right on I-15 that everyone's driving by is just like the Bellagio Fountains. It's iconic.
0: And there's a report from. Uh, Bill Plaschke um, back in I guess I don't know, earlier in the middle of the season, he was basically saying the Raiders are cash poor. Yeah, that's
1: the yeah. that's the story. Apparently, when they negotiate contracts, remember anything guaranteed has to go to an escrow for mm. all NFL teams, which is why they hated that deal that with Watson. The other owners hated Haslam doing that because now it makes it where Lamar wants that right, mm. which is one of the big sticklers. Okay. um... And by the way, Mackenzie had good info on this. Silently, he tells us the Ravens offered Jackson an extension worth a quarter bill, with 133 million or sticks guaranteed at signing. Wow! And he said, "Nah." So that's five years. So basically, 50 million a year. Yep. What do you think the the rub is? He wants it all guaranteed. All the guarantee. Because Watson got it, he wants that. which I'm always worried about a guy. Maybe maybe that was an aberration. And maybe he was on the free market, which it's hard to get on the free market, Mm -hmm. right? Who's the last elite quarterback on the free market? Brady. Yeah. right. But he wasn't even known to be elite because Belichick let him go. Brady wanted to stay with the Patriots. That's what people lost in the shuffle. He he just couldn't get the respect. He wanted a two-year deal. That was what it was all about. And he played three good years after that. Again, but Belichick had all of history to say this doesn't happen. If you're, what's the saying? Is if you're always making exceptions, you're going to have a, a team of exceptions. Well, for Belichick, his whole life it was like you hit this age, you can't quarterback anymore. Brady's done it, kudos. But I don't know how you predict that. Fez, you've been saying you said it for eight years. Started at was, thirty-seven. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, <laughs> he's I, done. <laughs> I just think about like the the Snake Stabor. He when wasn't... he was thirty-seven. It looked like he was eighty. Guess
3: what? Fez is right now. Brady's washed. He can't yeah, play no. the NFL. I'll tell you league.
1: this. He didn't play that bad this year. He <laughs> did. He did Brady was like the 12th or 13th best yeah, quarterback. He was. All right. Now we're away from the quarterback. Oh, well, Aaron Rodgers. Nah. Jet, you're, are you a Jets fan or yeah. aren't you? Okay. What do you want them to do with Aaron Rodgers? What I, do you hope for the Jets?
0: I hope that they get a competent starting quarterback, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, or Aaron Rodgers.
1: And you have no you have no real distinction between those.
0: Does does Aaron Rodgers want to follow Brett Favre again? Seems like it. <laughs> and go to the Jets like he did. Although Favre used the Jets and to Minnesota, get to the Vikings. Then Minnesota yeah. next. Right? Well, that's when Kirk Cousins is done. Then <laughs> then that's where Rodgers will go next. To Minnesota. Uh, I think the Jets are a quarterback away from contending. And any one of those guys, especially with the, I mean, obviously Rodgers would be the better of the three so you of them. Two, if
1: they sign Jimmy G, you're happy.
0: Yeah, because Jimmy G's familiarity with that offense is it's going to be helpful.
1: If it was me as a Jets fan, I'm not. I would say Jimmy G's fine if I get Mike White signed cuz I I, sure. I I think
0: Yeah, you need a th- quarter you need you need
1: another quarterback. I think it's a situation where you should assume but neither of those guys are going to be able to play seventeen games, or it seems like history says they mm. both get hurt. Yes, that's both a good of point. them might both are, work. Both are very capable. They should just be a pair that they go and sure. say, "Give us sixty million, and you know we'll split it up. We'll whack it up in the back."
0: If Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers comes to the Raiders and reunites with Devontae Adams, which mm-hmm. is what people want to see, which is what Adams wants to see, mm-hmm. are the Raiders a contending playoff team right
1: away? Well, you guys. So, this is Scott's storylines. That's a good one. I'd say no. I'd say no. So then the Raiders wouldn't do it then? No, because the Raiders signed Adams thinking they were going to be a contender this year. Yeah.
2: You just said the Raiders are cash poor. How much is Rogers going to cost us? Yeah, but
1: you know, it's funny. That's a trade. In a weird way, Green Bay, whenever you have these big contracts that, after the initial signing bonus and that, it's not that expensive mm-hmm. to continue. I think I think cash wise, it might be like twenty three million next year. It's but, not crazy. Actually. Well, and here's the question: Is
3: like is Aaron Rodgers next year a, a surefire upgrade over Derek Carr last year?
1: Hall of Famer Derek Carr?
3: <laughs> no, no I'm, I mean at this point in Aaron Rodgers' not career, at o-
1: not at all,
2: not at all. Like I don't know they're that it's a same, real upgrade. They're in the same category. I've got Rodgers better, but it's close. You
1: know, Green Bay signed him before last year three. For 150. So you think that was foolish? He was the MVP. Well, you he took, him number, back to back I took him number one. Took him number one. Traded up to get. I think
2: that. it's an example: of the first year you're getting a bargain, the third year you're getting ripped off.
0: What are the what odds? about the second year? Yeah. <laughs> That's
2: about right.
0: What are the odds that his decision is retirement? I think zero. You think zero?
1: Well, one okay. percent. He loves the attention. Yeah. Right. And plus, he's got a hundred on the table. But He's definitely
0: leaving the Packers.
1: I think the odds are very good. Yeah. At that.
0: yeah. The w- even his comments made it seem like it was well, that, a goodbye.
1: Yeah, I'm hearing reporting that Packers are sick of it. He's yeah. like, it's yeah. it's like the old saying: you're as long as your talent exceeds your problems. And Aaron Rodgers has had a well, lot of always, t- problems. That's always
0: been the case in the NFL. That's
1: what I agree. He's had a lot of problems, but he's had a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, finally, there's it's like, we're actresses that are troublesome. Wyona Ride or Sean Young, or at least reputations. Once they hit that age where they're not the young, you know, uh, uh, what's that called? Inju, or however you say it, is about like a young, sexy girl is... They never get another role. It's not like they go down to B movies or. See, it's like no one wants to deal with it, and you know. So I think Aaron Rodgers is like a fading actress.
3: <laughs> you just have to hope that he's not Robert Downey Jr., where everybody's fed up with his shit, and then one more guy says, "I think we can make this work for him," and then it's the biggest role he's ever had,
0: and That's he makes a good example.
1: But yeah, he's a guy. It's true. right? Aaron Rodgers is the girl in this
0: case. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. Who's had the resurgence from the female <laughs> well,
1: perspective. Exactly. They might do it for one role and make a big deal about it, but rarely. Okay. We're off of quarterbacks. We got Are you four. You're not
3: going to bring up Carson Wentz?
1: Who? <laughs> we got four more left. <laughs>
3: Talking about quarterbacks in the NFL, Scott.
1: We got four more left, and this one's for AJ. Oh, boy. And it's not quarterback related. Okay. This is PG-13. Have the Bills shot their wad?
3: I think the bills the best opportunity for the Bills to win a Super Bowl is behind them.
1: Uh huh. Continue.
3: We talked about the—I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Once your quarterback is on the second contract, doesn't
1: listen to every. You're right.
3: Once your quarterback is on the second contract, it becomes a lot more difficult to maintain a roster around him. Josh Allen now is fully a, a. very, very well paid quarterback. It's only going to get more difficult, and the, the talent. But this is going these to go relative
1: downhill. answers. Like, do you feel old, older than yesterday? It's like that's not an answer.
3: I mean, the, are the Bills a, a top? Are the Bills uh, are, are a top they, five team in the league yeah. next year? I think so. Are they? Uh, but should, you thought they were the best team. I thought they were year. the best team going into the season.
2: They're still being priced like elitist. To be right. They're still. I the think odds. they're overrated. Yeah, I agree. That like like concept. Doesn't it doesn't feel like Kansas City, and then and even Cincinnati should be in front of them.
1: I agree with. So you're saying who now? Kansas City and Cincinnati. Well, Kansas City's ahead of them now,
2: right? But I did. I mean, Cincinnati's ten to one, and the Bills are like plus six fifty. And doesn't that seem like, if anything, I I agree. I put I put Cincinnati to have a slightly better chance.
1: I think I would too. I agree. I think, um, yeah, I think the two teams that are not set up to 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 like you're gonna at the end of this run up to the play or to the regular season, you're gonna hear a lot of man. They didn't do much. And I think that the bills are at the top of that list, and I would make the case the Chargers are on that list. They don't have a lot of money, and they might who knows, they might have to do cuts. And looking through, oh, the Dolphins. So, like, this would be an interesting game, Fez. Maybe we'll do right after the NCAA tournament is we say, okay, there will be no games played between now and September 1st. Mm Mm-hmm. What are the uh, what teams' odds are going to move up or down? Super Bowl odds between now and then, which will be drafting. Which in theory, if you're a leader, the Ravens. What do you think about the Ravens?
3: People are going to love their draft, no matter what happens. Well, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah, some...
2: This is strong because yeah. Bottom line is, it's like the draft comes around, like and one team has fourteen draft picks, and it's like, oh, they had a real, they had an A draft, and then the team that's got three draft picks, they had a D.
1: And plus, there's the intrinsic bias. I think with the draft in Baltimore for some reason, but then also free agency, also just like Philly, they did some moves, but it was also sentiment change. Right? I think trying to predict that is different than handicapping. Yes, right off to go i'm saying dolphins down arrow bills down arrow for sure and i'd say chargers down arrow but chargers there might be a sense finally he's herbert broke through a little bit i don't know okay i think the last thing on the bills is before the year you may could have made the case he had the best roster other than josh allen now you look at the roster it doesn't seem all that good no what happened I mean, like, I'm saying it shows us our perception seems to be almost like a mob mentality, and, you know, where it's like everyone's saying it, so we all agree with it. But
3: Stefan Diggs coming into this season, it felt like if he wasn't the best wide receiver in the league, he was Tough one flight. of the two or three. That's not the case anymore. Uh, so you think he showed real drop off? I, I, I don't think it was massive, but like now, a year ago, I would have said him or Jamar Chase. They I don't just know. Re,
1: they just re signed him, right? Yeah.
3: Yep. And Von Miller was clearly, uh, they threw bad money at Von Miller. Disaster. disaster. And that was a, really a good chunk of what the money they had to spend. And they spent it all on one place. And it was a bells and whistles move that isn't
1: working out. We're staying with AJ under scrutiny. The Rams, will there be a renaissance? This is, was the Super Bowl champion that had one of the worst years, if not the worst year, following a Super Bowl. And I don't really understand exactly why. I know Stafford... Got put on the shelf, but even when he was playing, they weren't very good. What happened? Forget the end of the year. I'm talking about up to when they decided yeah. to set a, set everyone. The
3: offensive line wasn't very good. You know, um, they, had one, they, they only had one
2: playmaker game. in Cooper Cup, um, but and then, then he got hurt. <laughs> you had internal problems. All the running backs seemingly were like like went from like the lead back to like. Out, out of the organization and then back, it's like Akers and Henderson. It's like, how many, what's going on internally that all these guys are like fighting with the coaches? There's questions about the benched. coach's
0: motivation as well. Yeah. W- w- In it, fact,
1: he's coming back. Yeah. Tells you there has to be some
0: options. Well, now I up. think that, I think there would be an, an arrow up going into this year. That's Because interesting. of
1: that. Because if you look at the Super Bowl odds, they are right there with the Browns and the Broncos. The Raiders have better Super Bowl odds than the Rams. I heard that they. The
2: Raiders
1: without have a better Super Bowl, they might Bowl
2: have like eight of eleven new starters on defense. It's something crazy. Like I know Wagner. Old,
1: that, Wagner's out. That Wagner's whole gone. super,
2: but B- everyone you know has been gutted. Gutted. Other than than Donald, how excited is he going to be at thirty two? to well, be Apparently, playing? he wasn't too excited. And they're talking about
1: the last five games.
2: They're talking about
3: moving on from Ramsey too. Like they, oh, they are moving on from Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it feels to me like the Rams are hitting reset. And Agreed. I, I would I don't expect him then to
1: Why compete. is McVay back? Because does this say he's gonna be there five years? Because if he yes. doesn't have a chance to cycle through, yeah. mm-hmm. <sighs> what an interesting story. FM picks doesn't seem to work. get boy, just imagine they they could have easily lost that Cincinnati These are game. Good they could have lost that San Francisco thank you. They could have lost that San Francisco game. Easy, yeah. dropped interception, then this was a disaster. They could have lost to Tampa. So now they're to
2: they Tampa in the playoffs, right? <laughs> Wasn't that a tie game?
1: Was remember that the same right? year? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, remember, that was when they, Tampa was way behind, and it, well, you're yeah. right. Zero blitz, and Saffron made the. Okay. Um, I mean, if they if if they didn't win that Super Bowl, it'd be a disaster at the level of the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be worse. It'd be
2: worse. They went more. The Bills board. haven't given up all their
1: draft picks. But now they like, could win two games. And it's a total success. All right. We got t- two or three more. Let's see. Let's talk about the wide receiver market. This is uh, another one from Roillo, but I think it's interesting. Even two or three years ago, the best receivers in the league were making 15 million. Now the best receivers are making 30, or, the, let's say, the very best, or the, or the highest contract. But the contracts are going to be 25,, 28, 30, almost like where the quarterbacks were, like five years ago. Remember, Dak turned down $33 million, and that was a big—it was like, oh, man. So it used to be his cornerback's more important than, than wide receiver. Now the best cornerbacks make 17-18 versus 27-28. It feels like receivers have become so important, and because of that, they're moving, which is different. Quarterbacks, they keep, but look at it. Adams gets traded. They didn't have to trade him. Tyreek gets traded. Mm. Could you make the—and and, uh, A.J. Brown gets yeah, traded. Yeah, I was A.J. Brown. But one of them take, takes in one of the— elite, uh, receivers, and makes a Super Bowl, but Kansas City let one go and wins it. Receiver and the the dynamic in the market, it's fascinating. Maybe this is something we'll develop, but any thoughts generally?
2: It seems counterintuitive to me in that with the, the NFL defenses have evolved to basically shut down that primo mm. wide receiver, not give up the big play, not let Tyreek beat you over the top, but maybe it's it, it's what what's happening is, well, that opens up Exactly. You know, stuck Under the middle, so it's like it's it's not in his stats, but he helps everyone else be better. But well, remember,
1: Tyreek nine games through the year with two a quarterback, but for multiple games he was kicking ass. Well, yeah. no, he was on pace to break the all time receiving right. record. Yeah, and I
3: think what Fez says uh, makes a lot of sense when you it's built to shut down that number one unless you've got a number two that's very dangerous too. And that's like yeah, my You need two or three receivers. Yeah. And the more, I mean, the Good more ones. the merrier. Like yeah, you, so you talked about it with Tampa. coming
2: to his own for Miami. Guess.
3: You talked about when Tampa won the Super Bowl, like they overwhelmed you with what, if Antonio Brown was your yeah. third option at wide receiver. I
1: heard someone say that.
3: You're overwhelming. And that's, that's
1: the way to win. Now, uh McKenzie tells us silently that the Eagles moved from 8.7 wins to 9.5 after A.J. Brown, uh, that trade during the draft.
2: Apparently How- I didn't hear about that because I bet, Scott, that the Eagles' <laughs> season win number would never go north of 9.5 ever, and, it and I like- lost in two seconds. And Scott's <laughs> like, here, 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 here it is. It's over 9.5, big to the over, Fez.
1: So, Fez, if you had to guess the Eagles' win total for this upcoming year, what would it be?
2: Thinking 11.
1: So right up there with KC? Yeah. Okay.
2: 11 under, under minus under 120. Would you go over or under on that number?
1: <sighs> I would go under just because I think that they got a lot of free agents. I, I don't know how exactly how the money they're going to be able to resign. Depth on defensive line. Can the, they, the free agents on defense. So Brad think, Berry
0: and uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, they're both free agents, so they're going to have to figure out. So you what's
1: think the 10 and a half? Maybe, but I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of love for him. And yep. then he'll, he'll sign that big contract, and that will give him more love. Like, in a way, that will make people want to bet him over.
2: I was just thinking about the 13 and 1 thing that no, the, right. you know No, you're right. So,
1: But I also think, I still think there's a question. Did the league kind of figure them out? Because even though they had a good Super Bowl, in general, I just don't know if Philly looked near as impressive the second half of the year. They were,
2: I guess they were 9.7 to mm-hmm. start the year with all this uncertainty. Mm-hmm. It's hard to think that they're not going to be more than
1: a win higher. No, you're, right. you're you know? right. And plus, it's 17 games. I I still don't have that yeah. right in my head. So I, do they lose more than six games? You're right. I think, I think it might be 11.5. The more I think about it, yeah, I'd go over 10.5 for sure. And I might go over 11 a little bit. But see, that's a key, that's a key number because now you've got to go 12 and 5. That's tough. All right? All right. <sighs> I tell you, they
2: tried to make a lot of teams 10 and a half, like Kansas City. I mean, it, it looks ludicrous after the fact. You know, oh, well, they don't have Devon. You know, they don't have the cheetah. Uh, so we'll make it 10 and a half and it's, eh,
1: no problem. Go over again. Two left. One is about playmakers and one is the lack of playmakers. Cincinnati. Now, if you look at their contract situation, Cincy has like no one of importance up this year. So they could just let it ride. <laughs> but they got – and again, obviously, they're going to sign Burrow right off the go three years, boom, boom, big contract. Same Mar- with Chase. Market. Well, remember, Chase is one more year. Yep. So they can stagger that. But now you've got other playmakers – What's that, Boyd? Higgins. Higgins is the yeah, – right.
2: Boyd's number three, Higgins too.
1: Yeah. So those guys are coming up too. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it's 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 Boyd is the same year as Chase, right? Let's, yes. Let's,
3: yeah. Higgins is the one that everybody – like the, the Bengals just came out and said – we're not taking trade offers on Higgins because teams looked at it and
1: said, Oh, yeah, you're gonna lose Higgins for nothing? I mean, in a weird way, that's like what they did with KC did. They you would have thought Hills Hill's contract wasn't up. He had a, mm. at least a year left, and I think it was a year. And they say, Hey, if we're gonna get something, we gotta get something now. And they got a lot. Do the Bengals if if I know the Bengals come into this season intact, I'm I'm betting them left and right, like season wins, whatever. But is there a, I think there's a real chance they try to do this early they, and they dilute the team early. And, and then I don't like it.
3: I would hate that because I, I think the Bengals, this is the best. This, they're the Bills from last year. They're the team with the best roster coming in, the best cap situation. This is their last year well, of their. made a Super Bowl. Yeah. Bills haven't. I'm, not say, I'm just saying we just
2: <laughs> talked about the Bills coming into last season. You can I, make the case the Bengals should be back to back Super
1: Bowl champs. I mean, I think it's I think they would have beat Philly, I think. Cause I, I think when you go to Kansas City and play them even, that means you're the better I, team.
3: Mm-hmm. That offensive line, I don't know that they would have won again. I think they
1: Oh yeah, I hear, yeah. I hear, yeah. Yeah, well, that's just because they got injured though. Yeah.
2: I don't but, know. That field was pretty slippery.
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Last thing. Put some sod on some sand on that thing. We're ending with the Cowboys, their lack of playmakers. Whatever you want to say, Cowboys lack playmakers this year. And when Pollard went out of the game, they looked inept. Well, Pollard is a free agent off with a you know major injury. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's his shin that got broken. That sounds major. Oh. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Broken shin. <laughs> what do you think? What, I mean, I think Cowboys maybe make the Super Bowl. Well, at least if the Cowboys kept Cooper instead of sending him to the Browns. This team probably was as good as any team in the NFC, right?
3: I think so. I think they think of a one two punch with C D. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up being foolish because they thought that they they were okay without him well, and yeah, didn't and really it was the
1: money it was twenty I think he was making twenty.
3: They didn't do anything to replace him though. And
1: well, they it also, worked for they the Chiefs. Thought, oh,
3: Gallup was also injured. They That's thought, true. They thought they were going to have Gallup
0: going into the season as their number two. Well,
1: but he, like what, he didn't end up looking very yeah. good even coming back. Things that work for
3: the Chiefs, like we can let our best receiver walk and we'll be okay. Well, that doesn't trade, work doesn't for doesn't anyone work. else yeah. because no one else has Patrick Mahomes. And sorry, now, Dak, you Patrick Now imagine Dallas
1: Mahomes. with just Pollard gone and Zeke a year older. And I can't imagine Pollard keep...
3: will be. I, I would bet that Zeke is gone before Pollard's gone. Uh,
1: they sure didn't. Let's just say Zeke's already come out and said he'll take a, ma- a reduction. I think they're going to sign him for, to a $4 million type deal. And maybe, maybe he's worth maybe. I, I, I'm just saying, I would be shocked if, if Pollard wasn't on the Cowboys next year. Or they were talking about last game. I mean, I don't I, know. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, what do I we
0: would be shocked. Now, though, with Mike McCarthy calling the place, completely taking over the offense.
1: I, I expect. Well, that- he studied analytics for a year. <laughs> I well, he didn't watch all the Cowboy games though. I expect that he's going to get fired after this year because I agree. By mm-hmm. all accounts, it's on him now. It was Jerry Jones saying, "Okay, you're complaining. Go," because he really cultivated uh, I'm having a mental block. The guy with the Moore. Chargers, yeah, like he that was. Remember, Moore was on staff before McCarthy even mm-hmm. was there, and he said, "You got, you got to keep him." And then he runs off with the Chargers. I, I think he at least has to win a playoff game, if not two. I think if he makes the NFC Championship, he's fine. If he doesn't, I'm not sure. And the Cowboys are almost forced to use their
3: first-round pick on a receiver.
1: Well, then it's a roll. Anytime you have a need in the draft, it's a roll of the dice. Yep. You, it's, I mean, first-rounder, you have a better chance. But if you're not a top 10, I tell you this, a lot of good topics for this offseason. We you came think? up with these topics. What do you think, Scott? Excellent. Good topics?
0: Excellent. I think if there was a uh, a graphic next to you with a rundown of the list, everyone would enjoy it.
1: All right. Well, I appreciate that. For a continuation of this conversation, check out SOVAM. And, you know, we'll sprinkle in a little, like, 10 minutes of NFL as we do our various, uh, you know, college basketball. Sure. You know, the next couple weeks. So next week's uh, the—let's think about this. Next week is the major conference tournament, right? Yep. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a little powder— these guys are going to talk some college basketball, but what you're going to see is I couldn't stay away. So it is that
3: time of the year where the bubble matters, and there's a handful of spots remaining for more than a handful of teams with musical chairs. The music is about to stop, and there's only a couple games left for these teams to claim their seats. So I wanted to go through some of these teams and, and kind of discuss where they are. And Fez, obviously, you're you're following this too. I'd love to get your thoughts on these teams and, and what you think they need to do. But we'll start with North Carolina, since they're probably the highest profile bubble team. Uh feels like Duke and Kentucky are now pretty comfortably in. So North Carolina is 47th in net. They've got one game left. It's a home game against Duke. It is a Q1 game. And North Carolina just got their first quad one win by beating Virginia at home. That's the good news. The bad news is – are you cracking a beer, Fez? (laughs) Thank you. Yep. The bad news is Virginia is now 29th in net because Virginia is basically in free fall. They stink. After you get outside the top 30 – they would no longer be a quad one win. I wouldn't even give them a bid.
2: So, well, they're going to get a bid. They, I, I know. They, they sh- they're they going to get a seed. They should have lost that, that game to Duke, and imagine how different yeah, the Yeah, be a lot different. Yeah. You no, know, you're right. Uh, one
3: of their Q1 losses just turned into a Q2 loss because Miami has also been kind of in free fall. So North Carolina's resume is not getting stronger. Beating Duke would give them some hope. I think, a, a, well, I know a loss to Duke would put them in the 8-9 game. Uh, in the ACC tournament, uh, where a win would get them a matchup against a team that, that you know, isn't going to help them a whole lot. The ACC tournament's not that strong. So they really need—I I, I, think—I'll just go ahead and put it out there. I think UNC season is on the line Saturday at Duke. If, if North Carolina loses to Duke, their only path to the tournament is winning the ACC tournament. What if they just win, like, two games in the ACC tournament? Not enough. Unless it, Well, if they beat North Carolina—
0: they've that no i'm saying north, if, if north carolina loses to duke they, they're but done. then wins two games
2: in
3: the acc tournament no they're done
2: i'm going to disagree okay they, what, tell me why because every i've seen this movie before every sunday um a team like north carolina that's undeserving gets gets in and a team like New Mexico gets left sent home, and like, Alan Boston freaks out on Twitter and starts screaming about how corrupt the whole thing is. Yeah, because
0: think about where they are right now. Like, if, if North Carolina, let's say they lose to Duke, they win a couple of games in the ACC tournament. They're, on that, they're right on that bubble in the first four-out grouping. Like, that's where uh, on, on uh, Lenardi's bracketology, he has them as the first four-out right now. That's obviously before this last game of the season. Think about the committee perspective we can put an 11 seed in dayton for the first four let's well, mississippi state yeah or we can put an 11 seed north carolina in dayton the ratings go through the roof it's more it's a more attractive matchup.
2: Don't need to see no Oklahoma
0: State they're gonna, in the first four. I, I just do think we? a team like North Carolina gets a little bit of leeway especially if we're talking about whether or not they're going to be in the tournament as an 11 seed playing in Dayton or not be in the tournament at all.
3: We'd and- be talking about a team that would be 1 and 9. In quad one, yeah. See, the
0: average fan doesn't know you're that. Going they don't on, care.
2: You're going on merit. I'm going on eye test and 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 currency and and valuations. <laughs> that's we all know. That's where. We, I mean, all these teams stink. You know, none of them deserve bids. So it's fine to just stiff the the teams that belong in the in the top 68. Because you know what? It's not like they're a top 10 team. It's fine. Send them to the NIT. They'll have more fun.
0: <laughs> okay. If they're in the NIT, they're going to win it. <laughs> you know that, right? Like, they'll, they'll win the NIT. No, they won't win the NIT.
3: Teams like that don't care enough. Like, yeah. when they are in the NITs, their level of interest goes way down. Like, it, the teams that win the NIT are teams that are excited to be playing in the NIT. It, that, I, don't think, I don't think North Carolina would fall into that. Either way, North Carolina will probably be a two-point favorite uh, hosting Duke. Uh, I'll, I'll stand by. If they lose to Duke, they're, they're done for. So,
2: what Duke win the first matchup by? Uh, Duke won the first game. It's not a close game. By Duke six. Got, but it was closer than that? Yeah, so it's a good spot And it was for at Carolina. Cameron where Duke is undefeated this year.
3: Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but it, it is an, an opportunity to have a firm quad one win for North Carolina, which I think they, they desperately need. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about a team that I didn't expect to be talking about today because I thought we'd finally gotten to the point where Pittsburgh was safely in the field. But then today they went and lost to Notre Dame by a zillion, and that's a bad look, friends. <laughs> this is Pitt is one of these teams, and Fez, you, you I mean, we kind of talked about this the other day. A team that has a lot of wins, but the analytics hate them, and they're going to hate them even more now because this is uh there's there's no way to shine up a loss to Notre Dame. This is almost. I, it might be enough to keep them out. I, what, a, what a missed opportunity. Mike Bray's final game at home. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> if if Pitt wins this game, I think they could have lost to Miami and still been good. Instead, they lose to Notre Dame. Now... I mean, at Miami an absolute must win, but sharps I sharps
2: all over Notre Dame today plus five. Mike Brace, down to Mike plus Brace, four. Final so, game, yeah.
3: And and I think they'll have to. I think they'll have to beat Miami, and now I think they'll have to win some games in the ACC tournament to have a chance. I think Pitt may have just shot themselves in the foot. there. What what,
2: what what are they in Ken Palm?
3: Uh, to, they are. Well, they were sixty five going into the day. Yeah, so they're poor. We'll we'll see what they are tomorrow. Uh, probably not better than sixty five. Would they be one of the favorites to win the uh, ACC tournament or no? No, no, but they oh. would. They, there was a legit chance that Pitt could have been the one seed in the ACC tournament mm. if but they won out.
2: There is no good path in the ACC because of the parity, right? There's no clear cut. There's yeah. Path.
3: There's no. Uh, and it's Greensboro. Having a double. So. There's no good teams good, in the ACC. Let's just put it mm. that way. The, the ACC stinks. There's no teams that are great. Uh, there's barely any teams that are good. Pittsburgh. I don't know if they're even any any good. So. I'm not going to cry any tears for Pitt if they don't make it. Like it's a it's a nice story, but I, I'm I'm not here for it. I, I think that they, I mean it was set up for them to just to walk in. They've got 14 ACC wins. Three of them are quad one games. Three of them are quad two games. Like they that's just, the ACC stinking is why Pitt's record is good, and it's probably why they don't get in.
2: Is it fair to say that? If we just bet the Big Twelve and the and the Big Dance, we're probably gonna make money. Because, I think yeah, I think that's safe. Because everyone's so battle tested and yeah. and these other conferences, the the eye test certainly says that they're just not at the same level. And yet this, they can't just seed all the Big Twelve teams, you know, in the top six, right? So
3: Well, let's talk about the one Big 12 team that I think is still on the bubble. Uh, Texas Tech had a chance yesterday. If they would have beat Kansas at fog, we could be talking about Texas Tech maybe having a chance. They end up coming up just short there. So I'm going to go ahead and say they're firmly out. Oklahoma State, I'm going to say the last bubble team for the Big 12. They stink. I agree that they stink. And a a couple weeks ago, they were a lock to make the field. Um, At this point, though, I lean way more out than in. They've lost five straight games now. Mm -hmm. They're in desperation mode. They need to win at Texas Tech to close the season. Uh, That's on Saturday. There will probably be a two-point dog at Tech. And even if they do, I think they're going to have to beat Kansas or Texas in in the Big 12 quarterfinals to feel safe at all. They lost their point guard, Avery Anderson, uh, a couple weeks ago to wrist surgery, the start of February. They've just been dead without him. Without him, they're not a tournament-caliber team. So even though th- their seventh strength of schedule, which is strong, I-, I just can't get there given their current form. And I think the committee will look at that too and say, listen, they- they're without
2: the the guy that made them a – a viable team. I think. I think this is a strong point. What does the committee look at, and what don't they? Like we talked about analytics. I don't think analytics matter. I think wins and losses, bottom line matter, and and recent play, trend line, and injuries matter. I think that how you've done your last ten games is more important, obviously, and what your potential is. If you've got a, you know, if you've got a situation like New Mexico and House is back and the team's better, that you're going to get favorable rounding, I would think, right?
3: I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think when, when you've got your full deck of cards, the committee's more likely to look at you and go, yeah, this makes mm-hmm. it." If you're a bubble team and you're missing a key guy, the committee should look at that and go, oh. I mean, are we going to put them in over this other team that's whole, that's got an equal resume? It doesn't make sense to do that. All right, let's look at the Big Ten, where Fez, you'll be glad to know, Northwestern no longer a bubble team. Northwestern
2: firmly in the tournament. So, what's, what's the seed going to be? Uh, probably an 11. So How's an 11 firmly in? Uh, they're firmly in. Even okay. if even if we even if we like lose
3: I, I every think, game. I don't think it matters. I think they're in. I think Northwestern's done enough. Because
2: we could lose every game. Could. It's, it, it, it's certainly I mean, I know we're favored right now, against Penn
3: State, but the latest bracketology
0: from Lenardi, which came out, it was I guess oof yeah, so yesterday morning. So there's there's been games played. He has Northwestern as
3: the sixth seed in the Midwest. That's crazy. That's a lot higher than I would have thought. So Six maybe maybe my guys. seed lines maybe I'm my, my seeding is off in my brain. You
2: know they're talk they but talk they about
3: did, when was the loss to Maryland? Was that that was the last game? Yeah, but that wasn't after bracket matrix has yeah. them as a seven. Yeah, they, maybe I'm I yeah. I'm underseeded. so mm-hmm. if they're a seven, they're firmly in.
2: You know, it's interesting. You always hear about the team no one wants to play.
3: Everybody wants to play. Everyone basketball. is lining
2: <laughs> up to pound my Wildcats. You, know, that, you want, you want your, your, your 10 upset against a 7? There that's
3: it funny. is. That's funny. All right, let's talk about the two teams in the Big Ten I do consider bubble teams. One of them is Wisconsin. Uh, they are 72nd in net, which isn't good. They've got two games left, a home game against Purdue. That's a quad one game and a road game against Minnesota, which is just a quad three game, which is kind of a free square. Uh a
2: free square against the 1-16 in 16 Gophers.
3: Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin has not won back-to-back games since January 3rd, which is kind of crazy. They're, on, they're only in the conversation here, like as a team that can make the tournament, because they've got six quad one wins, which is pretty remarkable considering, they're, like I said, they're 72nd in net. Ten teams have more quad one wins than Wisconsin, the the lowest ranked one before you get to Wisconsin at seventy four or seventy two is Northwestern at forty one. So like all they've done is is win a good amount of quad one games. The rest of their resume is absolutely terrible. The problem is they've been poor in quad two games or four and five. They lost a quad three game. Had they beat Michigan and Hunter Dickinson puts in the uh, the little floater at the buzzer to send it to overtime, and then they dominate overtime. Wisconsin's probably off the bubble and safely in now. They don't now. I think I I think they might have to they might have to beat Purdue at home to uh, to get in this tournament. Doesn't so,
2: everybody beat Purdue at home though? Should be okay.
3: <laughs> generally, yeah. I mean, it it should be okay. But <laughs> I
2: know that no, they're going to be a four point dog, right?
3: Yeah. So I think if if they get these two wins, they. It, I would say if they get these wins, they probably at least need to win one game in the Big T- Big Ten tournament to, to make it. Gosh,
2: I, I tell you what, if they, if they get them, I think they're in. You
3: Maybe. think they win at home against Purdue, they're automatically in?
2: Yeah, I think so.
3: It, well... They'd have to beat Minnesota too. I mean, there's no, you can't afford that. What loss.
2: was Minnesota's win? Did they beat Ohio State? Who think they... so? Yeah, every... Everybody
3: beats Ohio yeah. State. No, Ohio they...
2: State's like Minnesota South. Like, oh, didn't Ohio State play well tonight? Yeah, they, they beat two Maryland. Yeah, two and zero
3: run. Man. Beat Maryland. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other bubble team in the Big Ten, I think, is Michigan. Um, they have kind of, they're the opposite. They've worked their way into this. They started the season eleven and ten, and I would have said a couple weeks ago so they got zero shot to mm. on the bubble. But here we are. They've won six of eight. They won two on the road against Northwestern and Rutgers. You you get you get road wins in the Big Ten. That's a big deal. They beat Michigan State at home. Suddenly they've got some life to them. They're only three and ten in Quad One games, but they're six and one in Quad Two, and they've got two more chances to add Quad One wins. Was the was the Northwestern game in in Northwestern at Northwestern?
2: Okay, I've like all the games are jumbling together. Yeah,
3: so that's a big win for Michigan. Their last two games are both quad one opportunities, both on the road, at Illinois, at Indiana.
2: Can we bet on this? Or will the teams make the tournament? Anyone got there, these lines I, I don't know. Up? Not, I, not, I, I know we can't after. I, I guess after the season ends and before selection. Yeah, Sunday, yeah. And that's always fun. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to to in terms of I I got to be honest. I always look towards betting the no on the mid majors and the yes on the big 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 yeah, boys because it just happens year after year after year that the the the, the twenty two. It goes all the way back. There was a year that Loyola was like twenty two and six with Frederick Hughes. This great team. And, um, and they, not only did they not get—this is in the 80s—they didn't get to the NCAA tournament. There's only 32 or 48 teams then. They didn't even get invited to the NIT. You know? oh. It's just like they got like the, the greatest team snubbed by the NIT ever.
3: I think if, if Michigan wins one of these games at Illinois or at Indiana, they, there's a legitimate path. I, I, if they win both, I think they're in. They're four-point dogs in both these games, though. So you got to take that into account. But if they add two more quad one wins, given how they're playing right now, I think Michigan would have to. That'd be a hard team to deny, right? Unless they lose the first game of the Big Ten tournament.
0: I
2: think it'd be irrelevant. They win both. They're. I mean, come on. The
0: committee team. likes what? What have you done for me lately? This so if they serious, win these, yeah.
2: if they win these two games, though, if yeah, they're eleven and seven. They'd be thirteen and seven. It would take an act of God to take a thirteen if, and seven Big Ten team and not put them in the tournament. If
3: Purdue falters down the stretch, there's still a path for Michigan to be the one seed in the Big Ten yeah. tournament. Well, that's so. incredible. Yeah, it, yeah.
2: It, I mean, if they if lose, they went
3: out, they'll be the second or third seed.
2: I refuse probably. to believe a 12 and eight Big Ten team isn't going to make it.
3: I, I tend to agree with you. So even after the bad start, I think what they've done in conference it would probably be enough for them. So uh, let's look at the Pac-12. I've got two teams here as well. Let's start with Arizona State, who feels like they're more on the safe side than not safe side yeah, right now. After
2: Arizona left, their guard wide open. What a crazy the, finish! The game-winning shot. So, so Arizona, eighty feet. Yeah, so. Arizona State's got. They were lucky because
3: they were they were clearly out, but they had three games left that were the three best possible data points you could have as a Pac-12 team at Arizona, mm-hmm. at USC, at UCLA. So they had these great wins available to them. They've gotten one of them. I think they get one more, it's, it's for
2: sure. Yeah. Now, they, they're 13-point they dogs tomorrow at UCLA. But they're going to lose both of those, and when they do... Then, then it's a conversation. Yes, absolutely.
3: Yeah, so I, I think winning one of those three was huge. Winning another surely gets them in. Although they do have a quad four loss to Texas Southern on their uh, resume, which doesn't look good. Who? Texas Southern. Uh, but if they go 0 2 on the LA trip, I think that they probably need to like, reach the conference finals to, mm. to get into the field. So, uh, like I said, a 13 point dog tomorrow at UCLA. It ain't, it ain't looking good for Arizona State, but that win against Arizona at least gave them some life. USC is the other team that I would say is a bubble team in the Pac 12. They've got two games left home against Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona's a quad one win, Arizona State's a quad two. And the analytics love. They love USC right Mm. now. They've jumped 20 points in net the last two weeks. They've jumped almost 20 points in Ken Palm. Uh, Their defensive metrics are way up. They're a one-point home dog tomorrow against Arizona. And I, I think a win would lock them in there, but I don't think a loss totally eliminates them. I think if they split these games and then they win a game in the conference tournament, USC's probably going to be in. So
0: Lenardi has USC as a 10 seed in the in the field already. They feel pretty good, right? And there. then Arizona State as one of the playing games. So one of the 11 seed playing games is one of the final four teams in the
3: tournament. Yeah, Arizona State's in way worse shape yeah. because, because of what they've got in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like having to play both those those two road games. That's and USC's got two home games. Mm-hmm. Although home game against Arizona is not easy. It's it's a lot better than a road game at UCLA certainly. So, I would say that they've got the the advantageous draw for sure. But I, I'm, so I'm going to go. At, I'm going to say USC's on the right side of the bubble. Uh, and barring a total collapse, I think they're probably good. The SEC, where you know what they say, guys, it just means more. Um, it just means more for Mississippi State right now. They have one game left. And they've had like three different seasons. They started out 11-0. They got non-conference wins over Marquette in Utah. That Marquette win has aged beautifully. That's a great win at this point. Then they proceeded to lose eight of their next nine. Their only win in that stretch was Ole Miss, who's an absolute joke. They're 1-7 in SEC play. And since then, they've gone 8-2 and two down the stretch, mm. including wins against TCU uh, including a win at Arkansas and a win over Texas A&M, who'd won 15 of 17 games before Mississippi State beat them. Miss State's last game is against Vanderbilt, which is probably a lot tougher than it seems. Uh, they're, they're not a tournament team, but they've won six of their last seven. They won't be an easy out. If they take care of business, I think they lock themselves into the field, Mississippi State. like I, I think if they just win that game, I think they're, they're firmly in. You lose to Vanderbilt, suddenly things open up. And who knows? The other SEC team that is in the conversation is Auburn. And Auburn may have today played themselves off the bubble. They had a chance to beat Alabama, the the number two team in net. They had them on the ropes. They had a 16-point second-half lead. Wow. They lose in overtime. So... It, they've got one big game left. They've got a game at home against Tennessee, which would be a quad one win. But they've just collapsed in the second half. They were sixteen and three, six and one in the SEC. They're now nineteen and eleven, nine and eight in the SEC, and they don't have like they don't have any Q four losses. But they're two and eight in, in Q one. They've got a Q three loss against Georgia. They don't have like a signature win. Their best win of the whole season is probably like I don't know, Arkansas. Like, I, they don't have any great wins. So. so let me
2: ask you, when they have a home run game against Tennessee, they need it like blood. You, you've got to look towards playing them or passing, correct? In the, in the Tennessee in the, game? In the regular season, yes, before the conference turning.
3: I don't know. Tennessee is such an interesting case right now because Tennessee is trying to hold on to their seating. They're collapsing right now. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee just found out Zachai Ziegler, they're like really their only real point guard, done for the season. He tore his ACL last game. So... I don't I don't know what to think. I I I haven't bet on a Tennessee game in probably 3 weeks because I don't know like their efforts are so up and down. I think you're going to get Auburn's best effort. I just don't know if it'll matter. Hmm. I, I don't know if they're good enough. So again, if they would have beat Alabama on the road, it's I think they're in. I, I think that I mean you, Alabama was the 2 team in net, Tennessee's the 3. Uh beating the number 2 team in net at their house would have that would have sealed it. I, I think now they need to beat Tennessee, and then they probably need to win some games in the SEC tournament. If not, it, 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 at least a game. If not more than a game. So uh, I think they're certainly in bad shape after today. The, today was probably the worst for them. Uh, we won't stick around too long on the the teams that aren't in the Power Conference. In fact, I'll just look at one in Nevada, who we we shouldn't even really have to be talking about them, but they lost to Wyoming in their last game. Who a eight win Wyoming team. Nevada should be safely in right now. That's a Q3 loss, though. Their first bad loss of the season, It basi- what it basically means is this last game on Saturday against UNLV is do or die. Like, if they lose to UNLV at home, that'd be a Q3 loss. That'd probably take them out of the picture. Uh, they win that game, they're probably safe, and they haven't lost a game at home this year. So I would say that it, it, we shouldn't have to be talking about it, but because they lost to Wyoming, it kind of opens up the conversation that they they need to win this game to move on. So uh so now off the bubble we're gonna look at what we've been doing every week where we add a team to our portfolio, to our futures portfolio. Mm-hmm. And I know Fezak hates this because <laughs> Fezak says moneyline rollover, that's the way to go. Moneyline rollover. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna add Gonzaga at twenty five to one. That's where I was looking. And I think this is the cheapest we're gonna get Gonzaga going forward. It's it's only the 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 high point this season that you could have gotten Gonzaga at was twenty eight to one that's the the best you could have gotten
2: now that's interesting because the perception is Gonzaga it was way down and St Mary's was was better at, at yeah. one point and now I think the whole story has changed that pretty much everyone agrees Gonzaga is better now than St Mary's
3: and you know what I gave this out today I'll go ahead and make it a best bet here Gonzaga to win the WCC minus one twenty five to win the the conference tournament. You're not going to get better than that in the championship game. If Gonzaga plays St. Mary's in the championship game, you won't get better than minus 125. You might not get better than minus 140 in that spot. So,
0: what are you I, getting if you bet them in the semifinals and then roll it over into the finals?
2: I don't know. I, I mean, well, they're it, only going to be minus two against St. Mary's. I guess St. Mary's could get upset, but if I mean, why? I, I, I guess it's really the same thing because they're going to be such a monster favorite. In in the in the semis, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. And there's it feels like there's no chance
3: for Gonzaga to lose in the semis. Mm. There is a chance for St. Mary's to lose because they are on the Loyola side,
2: and Loyola's already beat St. Mary's. Is San, Santa Clara the number four? Santa Clara is the three. Is the three? Yeah. yeah. The um, you know, it's, correct me if I'm wrong. I've never seen a bracket like this. Like the nine plays the gate. They make the it winners, impossible. They, like they, if you're they, not a
3: top seed, they, they, you're, they, you're screwed. So they reward. The
0: regular season. If you first or second, you're automatically in the semifinals. So it's it's really they put the onus on the regular season, I, which I actually like. It's like, I, like you know the what?
2: nine plays the eight, and then if you win, you play the seven, and then if yeah. you win, you play the but six. Know what? It's you, like, the, the one and two seeds are automatically
0: in the semifinals. The three and four are automatically in the quarterfinals. I
3: like that for a conference like the Big West now you've been WCC single become, bid for single bid WCC's not a They're one not bid, a league, league, bid anymore. league anymore yeah. so okay. all you're doing is screwing the other teams that have a chance to make the tournament mm-hmm. like you know last year yeah. San Francisco was really good BYU's been really good the last few years you could be a three or four team bid league
2: and sometimes you screw those teams. sometimes you're the eight seed can do you a favor and knock off the one well not when the when the one gets a buy into the semis yeah but, I like
0: how the Big East always did it where you the top four teams got the double buy right into yeah. the quarterfinals and, and then
2: everybody else played and, to get there anything more than a double by feels like it's fixed I
3: agree yeah well but, uh, but Gonzaga at 25 to 1 for the national title if you filter out on Bart Torvik the who's been the best team since February 1 Gonzaga's the third best team in the country like they are finally playing at an elite level I don't know that their ceiling is as high as it was a year ago but they, they were never going to be 25 to 1 a year ago. This is the highest this
2: is the biggest number you'll have gotten on Gonzaga in the last 3 years. Let, let me come over the top. Okay. I don't like the bet. Okay. Because if they lose to St. Mary's, you're donezo. Now Gonzaga is a four, you're not donezo, but you're you're you're, you're getting terrible value cuz now Gonzaga is going to be a four or a five seed. Okay. Okay, and so if you do the mechanical parlay, now you're going to get make so much more money. I I'd prefer just betting Gonzaga to to, to like you said, but just lay $1.25 to win the the uh, conference tourney.
3: All right, well, I, I, I'll, I'm going to do both, Fez. Okay. I'm going to add 25
1: they're, to 1 to our portfolio. Can I parlay them?
3: I like that. Yeah, and I'm going to go minus 125 to win the
1: WC. All right, let me settle this. Let me settle this. Fez, yes or no, do you like the following bets? Future bets, typically. No. No. Uh, buy and half points. No. No, no. Um, same game parlays. No. Parlays in general, unless they're correlated. Um. No. Moneyline parlays, my like big favorite.
2: Moneyline parlays. Can I get stale numbers on a parlay card?
1: <laughs> so I think we got your right, perspective, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which is one of earning. It's You're an advantage player in sports batting, right? I mean, that's how you look at it. You but there's always exceptions to the rule. Which are what? I would
2: say, like, playing some of these futures early in the year. Like, if you got at some of these teams, like back when
1: St. Mary's was 125 to 1. No, no, I agree. Is, is We talked about this last week. Yeah. Is in general, if the lay of the land if the state of play is going to change before you get a chance to make all your bets in a major way, because obviously if a team is winning in a mechanical part, like, let's use the Ravens when they won the Super Bowl with Flacco. That's just one that sticks out in my mind. Right,
2: because they were big dogs they on were, the like, road.
1: Yeah, but they were like 25 to 1 entering the playoffs, I remember. Mm. But as you keep winning, sometimes momentum is gained. Like, look at the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles are a great example.
2: That that perfect example. Scott's got 22 to 1 on the Eagles and... You keep rubbing a, it in. And, yeah. and they had like a one, the, the mechanical parlay matter. paid what, like, 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 like three to
1: one. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that's one you can't you can't really start doing the mechanical until the playoffs, right? So right. I would agree entering the playoffs typically I think mechanical parlays one are are not very demanding, meaning you don't, let's say in the uh, NFL you got to bet four games if if your team doesn't have a bye. I like that cuz uh, the other advantage of a mechanical parlay and this is something for you to think about AJ is you get to shop every leg of it. That's right? yeah, true.
3: So it's not only it could be at a different book every
1: time. Yeah. So and if you are going to hedge at the end, you don't got to vig out. You don't have to pay the vig on. In a way, you're double vigging it, right? So let's say that last bet, you bet half as much. Let's say it's going to be a big payout. You're still going to win a lot, but you only bet half, and you keep half your winnings. Well, if you had to do it with a ticket, you've bet and got the vig you paid the VIG on the initial bet, right? Mm-hmm. And now as you bet it back, you got to pay the VIG a second time just to get your hedge out. So there's fact, a lot of what you say is making sense. But the question is, with the casual, casual bettor, can we make it where they do more good things but don't act like they're like a, uh, what's that, a monk, you know, like a monk is is sitting there drinking water and meditating all day. I mean, there's a little, you know. Let them have some fun. Yeah, we want someone that works out on the weekend. And, and, and you <laughs> know, and
2: when I'm, frankly, like when I'm like walking past Celine Dion, like I don't I don't run up to everyone's like, how you, you you guys are spending six hundred dollars? You know what? Minus you EV don't? that
1: is. You just wait to tweet you tweet it out after you're
2: spending a thousand <laughs> bucks on Adele. What are you what are you doing? I mean, so the bottom line is the entertainment aspect of having a ticket. With your team on it as you're watching March Madness, it's real. I mean, that's fun.
1: I think my last point on it would be I think it's analogous to working out, right? So, or how general health interest is the first thing you gotta ask someone if they're trying to get really healthy is how much commitment are you willing to make? How healthy do you wanna be? Mm. Because Tom Brady, for example, is an extreme case, jokes about avocado ice cream or whatever but the fact is it he was that committed other nfl players that are making tens of millions aren't i think you're the tom brady of batting mm. <laughs> in regards to the avocado ice cream a lot of people, even perfect. What what is that? T.J. Cloutier, the poker player. Great, ex- he's famous for losing craps, craps like crazy. Yeah, y-
2: yeah. They're rolling out the red carpet for T.J. to go and throw the bones. Exactly. Even Ivy,
1: even Ivy he he has a quote. That, I mean, this is from ten years ago that says, "Life would be too easy if I didn't play craps."
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> or three card poker. Didn't you get in trouble? Was that the, the oh, Borgata no, things that?
1: B- Backer, edge Ed yeah. sorting. Ed Short, yeah. Yeah, he
2: knew when the eights and nines yes. were coming.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, he's ended up losing all those court cases. As far as, uh, that
2: was shocking to me. I, I couldn't understand it, other than someone being, you know, biased in the in the legal system against the player and towards the house.
1: So. Let's talk for a minute about I was, you know, in in between leaving and listening is and then I, AJ's voice brought draw, drew me in. I'm like, what's he saying that I can correct? And I kept listening <laughs> and there was nothing. And it was and then it was like D-. and then Fed said, "I don't like that." And I thought, "All right. Thank I, you." <laughs> but let me ask you, what is the rationale on the conference? So they they got two games to win effectively. Yeah. And what's your, uh, And you know, we don't know who they're going to play. Likely Santa Clara. Okay. Now, what's the what's the line on that game? If you had to guess, I mean, six, sixteen. Okay. So we're looking at ninety plus percent yeah. winning. And you think the line fez on the St. Marys uh, if they meet in the finals would be two zags minus two. And that sounds right to you? No, I think I think it'll be longer than that. Okay. Really?
3: So remember, they were six at Gonzaga, and they and they covered
1: comfortably. But St. Mary's was minus three and they covered.
3: Uh and when they went to overtime they yes. did cover. You're right. Mm-hmm. So
1: St. Mary's at home was three. I they believe so. Six. Yeah. Okay. So they're saying there's I mean right there, they're saying there's three points difference between the teams, right? Point and a half. How so? If, because
2: if, the net with the net they played twice and on average hmm. Gonzaga was laying three. Yeah. I, was, on average they were laying one and a half, excuse me. All right.
1: Okay, let me see, one and a half because of three. Okay, yeah. but, so that, what, but, so but what does it say if, if home court is three, right? Let's say it's three just to keep it Maybe it's four, but let's let's say it's four, right? So the game in St. Mary's is saying that, that um, zags are better by one. Yep. Okay, and the other one is saying they're better by, by two. two okay, you're right there.
2: unless the, but 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 AJ has a good point that the the trend line the trend line then the zags is that they' is that they're trending upwards and they've been there, the experience they always win this game. So maybe if it was one and a half I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to AJ here. I think he's right. I think it's going to be two and a half, even a three.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then with the late price you're seeing now minus 120, mm-hmm. that's more like one and a half or two right, right? Well, one and a half really. Okay, so the difference between yeah, but they got they
2: got to win as a sixteen point favorite, but that's you know that's more like a ninety six percent shot.
1: Yeah, and plus there is a chance the St. Mary's doesn't make it. Right.
3: Yes. I mean, because they like you said, they went on they they got ended up because of the one seed. They ended up on the bad side of the draw playing Loyola, who's the one team that beat St. Mary's besides Gonzaga this year. What do you think the
1: line is in that game?
2: It was eight. Yeah. At at Loyola, so it
3: should be eleven. Yeah, it'll probably be. It's double digits.
1: All right. Yeah, I think it's pretty—I mean, really, if you think about it, if the line is going to be—if the line on the game is over 120, now the only question is who has a better chance of losing in the semifinals, right? Sure. And thus, wouldn't you you naturally— Let's say it's obvious that Liola has the, or I'm sorry, it's obvious St. Mary's has the better chance of losing. So w- wouldn't you rather have that variable enter into play? As long as they're really big favorites, because they both could lose and then you lose. But in but, but one case, the line's gonna be 16 or 17. In one case, it's yeah. gonna be 11. Yep. Yeah. So actually, and, and if you agree the line's even gonna be two, I'd rather lay one twenty with that extra. Variable I like than it. No, I like minus it. Two, yeah, yeah. I saved you. I saved Thank you. I mean, Fez just talks so. He's calm. a bully. Well, you think with his confidence, he couldn't be wrong, right? I, I know. And well, then... much better on the math than the actual execution <laughs> of the pick and the winner. Well, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that's I mean... true. Well, who I mean, you're the again. I still remember what was that lay the lay the it wasn't lay the favorite. What was that documentary that you were involved? Oh, in? oh, oh yeah, Life on the Line. Life on the Line, and then like. Like competitors of Fez's. I know probably I mean, this was a very niche kind of mm-hmm. documentary they did. They go, you know, he's a good handicapper, best batter in the world, you know, the execution side. And let's be honest, most handicappers or batters don't give each other credit. So I thought that was nice. Yes. All right. Well, I've had my role in this. Enough <laughs> college does, basketball.
2: And, uh, no, no. I'm I'm saying I'm, finish out the I, I I I I have a college basketball point I want to make. All right, I'm ready to answer. Oh, Big 10. And I want RJ's opinion on <laughs> no, this. No, no, Not you know. AJ's. You know, you want but AJ's. I want Scott's. <laughs> I, th- I think the Big 10 is a monster fade. All right. And here's why. Whenever Northwestern, Northwestern's currently tied for second in the conference standings, whenever Northwestern is up in college basketball, the conference is down. Northwestern is never good enough to justify them being competitive to be at the very top of the conference so this unless.
1: Superstition.
2: No, it's what I'm saying is that it's a it's a barometer. It's a, it's a point of um, equilibrium. The way the way to evaluate the Big Ten, Northwestern's never any good. So if they are good in the Big Ten, the Big Ten stinks that year versus normal. They're going to have. Well, I think they you can, have the most teams in the tournament.
0: they probably conference.
3: will. Yeah, but I mean they've got the most teams in their conference. Sure. Uh, but I would you also mean there's more than ten. I'd also factor in that <laughs> Michigan State's down this year. Uh, Illinois is down this year. Ohio State's way down this year. Like the teams that normally dominate. Well, this dominate... is based
1: on expectation, though, right? Right. What That's I'm what... saying is if, if entering the year, if you had the perspective that the Big Ten is going to be down, you would have been right. But are they uh, overrated right now is the question, right? Not mm-hmm. if they're down.
2: Yes. And I think what's helping all these Big Ten teams is there's, there's like, you, you've got a bye, basically. Minnesota is so horrendous. They've won one game in the Big Ten that everyone's getting one or two wins against Minnesota. You know, which is helping all these teams be ten and eight instead of eight and eight in conference.
1: Yeah, but what conference doesn't have a bad team or two? This is a really,
2: really bad team.
1: Yeah. I I mean AJ, the qu- when I used to handicap the tournament more aggressively and you know, I don't now in any real tangible way other than the bracket, is it used to be the Big Ten style of play was problematic. When it went national, whereas, hey, maybe the Pac-12 was uh, faster or whatever, you know, the obviously more the physical ACC, in the Big Ten. Yeah. It's, it,
0: it's we, we used to joke around and say Big Ten basketball is big, it's football because yeah, that's, that's how physical they were.
1: And yeah. if it seemed basketball seemed to move to five, you know, four, you know, five out kind of. I, yeah. Everyone can shoot, which in theory would put the big 10 even further behind once they go national. I agree.
3: Like I think since you've been handicapping it seriously, that's been sort of the shift in the college basketball landscape is like a team oh, so Purdue's got the best big man in the country. No one, no one really thinks they're going to win the national championship because they've got two freshman guards that are so-so. So even when you've got that dominant big man, which used to be, man, if you've got a guy who can just dominate games, yeah. especially on neutral floors, that's a ticket to winning. Now it's not as much. And I also think the Big Ten being so home court reliant, they're over 60% ATS home teams in the mm-hmm. Big Ten. You take them away from their but home courts. That means the road teams are forty percent. I actually, it's like sixty-three percent. So it's even, it's even worse than that. But uh, it's ATS, you're talking ATS, yes. yeah. So you take them off their home floors, put them on neutrals against teams from other conferences. The Big Ten's not, it's not as pretty. I, I agree with you generally, Fez, that the Big Ten's a fade. Like
2: conference. you have got teams like Indiana that are just world beaters at home, can beat anyone, and they look bad on the road.
1: You know, that's a good point because these, if you had to think, what percentage is a neutral game? road, and what percentages at home, because it's not it, It's not the same as a way, because you're not fighting the other team's crowd. You now, again, that is an interesting approach to handicapping the conference tournaments and NCAA tournaments, which is who's going to have the fans yeah. in the stadium.
2: And, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the last Big Ten team to win a championship was Michigan State back in 2000. Is that right? And I believe they got handpicked a path where they had four home games basically.
1: And that you know, Kansas gets at some time. Right. Well, you know, yep. so I think I think the the handicapping of the ticket disbursement and, and who especially with the secondary markets now that you can sell your tickets easily. It really is a key handicap in a lot of these conference tournaments and less so the NCAA, because I think what's it been seven, eight years ago, they really tried not to give these teams such a big home court right. in certain you know
3: in certain venues. And in region. And and this year, because the Big Ten has has done this thing where they're now more taking their their conference middle from the, the Midwest, like instead of having their championship games in Indiana or Indianapolis, they're now playing in New York more. They're looking at New York as sort of the center point of the Big Ten. That's where the home, that's where the, uh, if, if the Big Ten got their choice, said, where are we going to play this year? If Purdue was the number one overall seed, which they won't be, they might not even be a one seed, the closest game for them would be New York. New York yeah. City, closest region. Like that's, so it's not It's not set up for them. Well, There's Rutgers
1: no... is up there.
3: So. Right, but Rutgers,
1: I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the, my last point is this feels a lot like the Big Ten going to the tournament feels a lot like MMA used to be. So, you're an MMA expert. Mm-hmm. Is Back in the day, there was all these different disciplines right? Jiu-Jitsu, yep. or kick, specialists. kickboxing, wrestling. So it, w- to me, what was fascinating from afar, and I wasn't a big fan, was what style, you know, there's a line in uh, X-Files, that says, your Kung Fu is better than my Kung Fu, which was the nerds were doing that as programmers. But it's interesting, because if you do a certain style, it may be fine against that style, but it might be a big hindrance or problem against another style, yeah. right? So y- UFC used to be a lot like that. Yeah.
3: Right? So like the it, early like the the jiu-jitsu guys dominated because wrestlers could take down these strikers and and you know, hold them down, beat them up. But when they were taking down these jiu-jitsu guys, they were in a world that they didn't understand where the guys were finishing the, finishing them, submitting them when they were what they in what they thought was a dominant position. And that's why jiu-jitsu became like initially in the early days of the UFC,
1: jiu-jitsu was the dominant form because res, Grace, wrestlers could not yeah. And so the analogy to me is you got the Big Ten, they're fine against each other because their flaws aren't being exploited or exposed. Yeah. exposed. It seems like that you add in the home court bias, it does feel like Big Ten's a fade, even if the power ratings don't say yep. so. I have another theory. This is one of these crazy physics
2: theories that you shake your head on and you <laughs> say, know. maybe we should – if we edit it, we might edit this out, <laughs> but <laughs> – my theory is that so they have March Madness during March. So, I think so yeah. yeah, so <laughs> oh, every year. <laughs> having been a guy that lived in Ohio, Illinois, Southern California, and Nevada, I can tell you that I personally was always out of shape come February. Versus as opposed to the talk shave in July. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> <laughs> well, just a few, few, few Beach fewer second uh, wings. But I, and I do think that 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 the course of R.J. You went to school, you know, in Columbus, yes. and 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 it's it's a grind. You catch the flu. It's cold. It's hard to stay healthy. It's hard to stay the optimal weight, and, and you, you're walking to and but from you think practice. That to and You're walking to and from practice in the cold weather and 20 degrees. It's a lot easier to do that in Charlotte than it is to do that in Milwaukee.
1: I thought you were going to say they'd get to these nice weather venues and like not care about the game and be <laughs> out looking at the girls but, but in this case you're saying they put on the extra weight. Yes.
2: Well, it's... It, I mean the eye test seems like it seems like the other players are in better shape like when I when I'm watching like I mean like a Draymond well, some Green of that might it always seems not... like a Draymond Green's put on a few pounds during well, the winter. But
1: maybe some of that is they're not used to running as much either. Yeah, you know, which is again what I think the it's the, the rest... physical
2: half court game. So yeah. yeah, combination across the board. Yes. That's all I got. Yeah, that's
3: it for college basketball. All right. Well, this is your segment. I was just guesting. Well, th- thank you. I'm, you came in and saved me,
2: actually. I'll take it. S- should, we, should we talk real quick about conference tournaments? Little basic strategy, perhaps?
1: No, I agree. That's a good idea. I mean, obviously, next week. I mean, there's some conference tournament games this week. Yeah, the right?
3: Atlantic Sun. You're paying attention, right? Mm, vaguely. The Northeast. Just, in, the NEC. You're all I, over it. I have
1: it in the background. He okay.
0: cares about the OVC. <laughs> oh, that, right. I the I Ohio did, Valley. Ohio,
1: exactly. Ugh. Is that OU? <laughs>
3: No, no,
0: that's
2: it,
3: like, it's uh, like Eastern Kentucky. It's a bad, bad conference. Why
2: now. is most of the Ohio Valley Conference like not in Ohio?
3: Because it's, it's a the good Ohio West.
2: Valley.
1: Yeah, so it's below. Ohio. There's a lot of Kentucky
3: <laughs> and Tennessee. In the yeah.
1: Tennessee. All right. So these there's six big conferences. Is that fair to say? With know, the it's East fair. Being the six, yeah.
3: The American you could. I mean, there. Who's
1: in American? Like Houston is is an American okay, conference Okay, Okay. And. How do you handicap differently the Big Six versus the others? Because some of the others are real small ones this week, but there's a lo- you know a lot of them that aren't Big Six next week. A lot of people talk about the conference tournaments are what real fans like the best. That's when you go to Vegas. You're square if you go during the NCA. Well, I don't know about that, but I do know there's opportunities. What do you think are the biggest differences between the big 6 and the others handicapping wise?
3: Uh, that in the in the other ones in the you know the low major or mid major conferences there's usually only one or two teams who have a real chance of winning you know three or four games and those co- those tournaments or are often games. those tournaments are often set up to really favor the teams that did well in the regular season which makes sense if you're a bad what conference ways that it's uh, favor other than the buys. That no that well a lot of these like the NEC plays they play games on their home courts, higher seed home court, uh, which doesn't happen in the or Big how many Ten rounds? or the Big All the way through. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: But I get but... a lot of them, though, play like the first round.
3: Uh, yeah, some and of them play they, only the first round, yeah. then they go like, or the first two rounds, and then they'll go to Indianapolis if, or something like that.
1: But if it was an upset or something, then the game's the
3: next day and they got to travel. No, their they've day. done it now where they've staggered days. Okay, for because okay. And that's the beauty of them starting their conference tournaments now oh. is the ACC has it lined up where they finish. On Selection Sunday,
1: mm-hmm. the
3: Big Ten finishes on Selection Sunday, so these these schools have plenty of time, so they've got they can have some staggered. I'm saying one like
1: with it's like a Fortnite of right. games. <laughs> now let me. You've ask, never said Fortnite. I well I've never. heard it before. I think I got yes. that. Right. <laughs> now let <laughs> me. You did. I I used to be a big Agassi fan and Sampras, which is kind of <laughs> weird, but I didn't like Yvonne Lendl though. It's just his attitude. What about Stefan Edberg? Oh, I, he wasn't even a factor. No, I liked him. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, yeah. All right, so here's my question. In the regular season, teams play twice a week at most. Yeah. Right, now, there's occasional holiday tournaments, but otherwise, there's times that you might play, what, four straight days. Sure. Yep. Now, that to me feels like a big opportunity handicapping-wise. It's the depth of the roca- rotation, how... Uh, how many minutes to, even if you typically have a deep rotation but this one game you play a lot of minutes
2: this is really strong so ideally you want a team to play and have an impressive win even an upset win like the night like the last night of the, of, of the evening and then they got to turn around and play a team against that had a bye and you're like, oh! So you're
1: saying not even the start time of the game and the end time you got to fact
2: e- exactly. And so and so like and recency bias. Oh, they're playing really well, and then they uh, just get blasted by the rested team that was better because they had a better seed. That's why they have a buy. Uh, Don't be afraid to lay points in these conference tournaments. For the most part, these teams and and just like this,
1: finish your point. But I want to question that lay the points.
2: So so all things being equal, if you told me I can, do I want to play a two seed that's off of a buy against whoever they're playing in the first in the first round? The two seed plays. If I had to force bet, if I had to play it, I would I would lay it with the one or two seed every time.
1: Here's why I disagree with that. Maybe we can do a little hundred dollars a crack, just Mm -hmm. blind. I believe when they have multiple games to play, that teams that are big favorites, they get that lead, they tend to coast. Because they're getting their starters out earlier because they know they got a game the next I, I, day. I think
2: this is a real good point, that if they're laying more than, say, 14, okay, like yeah. a point of demarcation. There was a game today, um, I hope I got this right, AJ, Merrimack is playing in their conference yep. tournament. So Merrimack is laying 17, the right? Movie company? Um, That's Miramax. Oh, good. Okay. I, I think there were like a battleship <laughs> in Civil War. Um, but they <laughs> not a battleship, but a ship. They uh they got up 20 and just what you're saying, RJ, they so they're covering the whole game and they only win by 15 and they missed the cover.
1: Is, is that you've seen this phenomenon? Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, and Merrimack's interesting because if they win the conference tournament,
3: they don't get to go to the the NCAA tournament. Like they're oh, the, they're, I the didn't know that. Huh? they're the one seed. They're the one seed in their conference. So
2: what, like some kind of probation? Yeah,
3: they're, like they're a new program to D one. So there's a four year window. Oh, where is you that the wait.
2: dumbest rule ever? You're the best team in, in your conference. You That's win it, and oh, but you haven't been with with us for three years, so you're ineligible.
3: So for them, this is their NCAA tournament. Like, mm-hmm. so they're gonna they're going so to you take. Think it.
1: They're more motivated because of it. I
3: do think so, but I also think that means when they're in a blowout situation, they're not looking to cover. They're looking to sit back and and be ready for. They're the looking next to game. win because they're going to win the. Whole, they want to win this
2: one. So, so, so we got to be careful. Like one thing I and RJ knows. He's like if Fezzik has his basic strategy card, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that he's playing. It's like two teams, two teams in a crappy conference are playing in the finals. Fezzik likes the under because they play so close to the vest. But think because about there's this. just so much at stake. Right? If when Miramack plays whoever the number two, whoever the the other team in the finals of that conference, there's nothing at stake other than the, you know the the hardware for the title because the team that they're playing can lose and they're already they have their bid. Correct, AJ?
1: Yep. And and, you're saying any time that winning the championship for both teams in the finals is necessary, likely to get in. And even if it's going to be a bubble team, if you lose, I think they're still motivated because they don't want to leave it up to the fate. Exactly. They play tight. They play careful. Don't screw it up. And that promotes unders. I like that. I like, now, would, I would, would you say you lean first half unders just because they the same phenomenon would make them foul more at the end of the game?
2: Yes. And all of these important games, this isn't just the conference finals. I said, all things being equal, if I had to play, I like first half unders and then second half, I would lean over because they fouled at the bitter end. So the normal, if if you have 120 total, really doesn't matter what the total is, but normally there's an eight point difference, first half to second half. So, in that case, 56 first half, 64 second half. That's what the odds makers are going to set the first half line. However, I think in a conference tournament game, I'd set it at 55. I'd lower it a say NCAA point.
1: tournament also. NCAA tournament as well. So, Scott, you being not a college basketball guy, let me ask you this. I just had an idea I'm giving for free to any of the books that want it. What do you think about <laughs> a 35-minute total in college basketball? Oh, I like this. So at the five-minute mark, whatever the score is— Right, it is. So now you avoid the fouling. Avoid Much the fouling. better
2: judge of true handicapping. Yeah. It takes out all the garbage and the overtime and the fouling. <laughs> I like
3: I've this. often said I'd love it if they would offer a like an in regulation price. Because overtime, I mean, it, it kills so many bets in college basketball.
2: Let me guess, AJ, you've been screwed by overtime more often. <laughs> more often than How not. How is it that
1: Shocker. everyone on earth is is a net loser in overtime? I don't think <laughs> everyone I feel, is. I think it, it, it it's, it's worth.
2: It's actually true because the sharps play more unders yeah. typically, and they play more underdogs. And, and, and underdogs that's, go that's go to where they're going to die, in, die overtime. in overtime. Yes, it's not
3: under time. <laughs> I, did you see what
2: happened with Iowa? Iowa, Michigan State. Michigan State was catching five and a half. Mm-hmm. They trailed. Michigan State was ahead by ten with a minute to play. Ooh! And they did not cover plus five and a half. It's
1: a tough way to make an easy living. <laughs> yeah. So real quick now, what do you think? Would you like that? As yeah,
2: I, it's it's
0: better than playing just the first half because yeah, because yeah. you get
1: more representation time. Absolutely,
0: I think okay. it's great. But a lot of a lot of times, you'll get the start of the second half is going to be sloppy for for teams, uh, depending on. The situation of the game, mm-hmm. maybe you know, uh you're monitoring minutes to start the second half because you're, you're getting guys ready for the final ten minutes of the game. So mm-hmm.
1: yeah, but w- that's going to be. So you're saying that the players are going to be resting, like they're going to key players are playing most in the last five minutes. Yeah, and you're losing. Huh, that's interesting. Well, that's a different hand. So depth would be a more important handicap. Correct in that kind of total
2: you know one thing this is the week where there's some conference tournaments but most teams are playing you know the, the the string out on their normal schedule and then they start their conference tournament next week so if you have a team that's not on the bubble that's not on the fence be careful with injuries because it's load management time right aj that if yep. you've got a couple guys banged up and your only path to the tournament is to win next week especially yeah it, for rest teams of this that week? don't
0: have buys in their conference tournament so they're going to end their regular season in, you know on Saturday and then the conference tournament's going to begin on Sunday or you know they or on Monday. Yeah, I would watch for those. So
1: I like the point. I was a little confused about which teams you think apply to this. What I think I heard you say was teams that don't have a chance to get an at large Thus, they got to win the tournament, are going to be focused on the tournament, and thus maybe not as focused on the last game or two. It's like they've already lost so much, losing a couple more won't matter. They either win the tournament or they're not in.
2: Example. So, DePaul and Georgetown. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Well said. So, DePaul and Georgetown are god awful bad. Mm -hmm. And like both of those teams were like, they trailed like 20 to 2 to start the games today. Like, oh, we don't care this week.
1: But there is AJ. A sense of a chance at redemption especially talented teams um and you were talking about the blue bloods a yep. couple weeks ago which of those blue bloods are give me the list of your blue bloods
3: it was kentucky duke uh north carolina, carolina? and villanova who we talked about at the time
1: do, do how many of those have a chance at a night large bit Kentucky,
3: almost certainly. Duke, almost certainly. North Carolina, one of the teams we talked about, a bubble. Mm-hmm. Villanova, highly unlikely.
1: All right, so Villanova is an example of a team you'd think, if there's not a you know, new coach and everything, if there's not internal issues, are going to be hyper motivated coming the tournament,
3: and they've won six of seven. They're like Ooh. they're ramping up to play their best ball right now.
1: That's interesting. Have you seen the tournament odds for that for the Big East? For the beat, no, not, out. It's not it, out. yet. Once
3: the, the it, it won't be
0: out until the brackets out.
1: And do, what if you had to guess where's Villanova stack ranked? They're on? probably
3: fifth in the odds, sixth
0: Ooh. in the odds.
1: So you, uh, that sounds interesting. Mm. All right, what other what, so Fez has been kind of dominating the conversation. What, conference tournament. How else do you well, think? I
3: wanted to, I wanted to point out uh, an example of of one of the, uh, the teams you brought or one of the things you brought up, the ideas you brought up about teams that don't have a lot of bench minutes, like mm-hmm. teams that re- rely heavily on their starters. Marshall is the favorite in the Sun Belt. They're plus 210. They are, they're not going to have to play until the third game, but they're going to have to play Saturday, Sunday, Monday to win it. They are 363rd out of 363 in bench minutes. They haven't had to play three games in a row all season long, three days in a row. I do not like Marshall as the favorite in that conference because of that. It feels like if you if you haven't had to do it all year and you don't play any bench guys, you you play usually six guys in your game. I, I don't trust you to win three days in a row.
1: And, so. I, and I the same thing we talked about. I don't want them laying a big number in the in, in what the first game. Nope. in Theory, but three days is now. What's the most? There's sometimes you can four play and four four.
3: That's, uh, sometimes
1: you can play five. Well,
3: yeah, it's, if, if you're a bad team, you you have to play five. Like in the Sun Belt, if you're if you're one
2: of the lower seeded teams, you have to win five games in five days. So, mm-hmm. so you'd like maybe play Marshall's the, the Marshall type teams first half. You have no fears there. Yeah,
1: right? that's true. But again, maybe if they're really favored by 18 or something, maybe they go deeper in the bench. In the first game, figuring, why not? Let's rest. The, in, instead.
2: They might be fearful they'd lose, though. You know, well, there's always that chance. No,
1: I hear. Yeah, I
0: no, hear. I, I think the first half angle is the way to go. They like, build up this big lead, and then they go to the bench knowing, hey, we're going to play tomorrow. Like, Merrimack
2: went up 20 like, in, the, in the first 14 minutes of the game.
1: Now, do you believe the following? That a team is on the bubble. They win, and now they're in the semifinals. They're, now they're in. So entering the tournament, they were on the bubble. Now they're in. I see a lot of teams not put up much effort. They'd rather almost not, especially with older coaches that don't need that trophy. Mm. Is Bayheim? you know, you've seen this before in the ACC a lot, is it feels like they kind of accept losing that game because they'd rather have a couple days rest. Now they're in the tournament anyway.
3: I could see that. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that this year because the bubble's so big. Because there's, there's so many teams that
1: are kind of grouped in uh, for these, yeah, but at these bottom teams. at point, if, if right now you're considered to be 80% to make the tournament and you oh, win two games. yeah,
3: yeah, you're good. Yeah, I think what you, your theory's right then if you're 80% to make the tournament. But I just think com- Coming
1: you're, into the tournament. Yeah, going into still, the Still, that means one out of five times you don't make it. Yeah, I agree. Losing the first round, you might be at 50-50.
3: If you're 80% and you get to the, your, your semifinal or your final, you, you, you'll you see those teams slack I agree
1: pursuant to what you're
2: saying RJ that and I like this that you're going into the conference and it's like we need to win these first two games to get in we got to be focused and then there's just the jubilation the celebration of winning that second game okay well now the committee can't screw us over we're good
1: i don't agree AJ with your idea about the finals cuz once you're in the finals you're, you're trying to win it you're, you're not only trying to win it but you're playing the same number of games no matter what that's true right yeah. so to me the semis are where that can happen that sometimes makes sense. That's interesting. I think we
2: see that in in the ACC. Coach K would never want to do that. But North Carolina, you know, it's coach dependent, would be like, eh,
1: we don't really care. Mark Lawrence used to have a trend, or he's, I guess he still does, that was if you want the, – the tournaments ended on Sunday – if you won that tournament and then played on Thursday, no good. It wasn't cause one, the recent yeah. bias has mm-hmm. everyone excited about the team. Now they're a little bit tired. And this
2: was documented, you know, well with the Valvano championship team where they were interviewing some of the players. I don't know if you saw that documentary, but they're like staying in this horrible hotel like in Portland no, I, on the yeah. West Coast. And they're like, hey, we are just playing in the ACC championship. And you can talk all you want about how we're going to get up, how we're going to get up for this game against Pepperdine. And they should have lost that game.
1: This is the 83 when they won it? Yeah. At Phi fi- Slamma Jamma. That might be the best nickname for a team. I mean, think about that. Phi fi- Slamma <laughs> Whoever came up with that idea should have made <laughs> yeah. some real money on that one. I think they did. I don't know. You never no, know. Maybe not back then.
3: You know? you don't I don't mean, think it's trademarked? I don't know. It's got to be. Yeah, it's, it, by now it is. But it's trademarked probably it's by the university. By Houston, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that was, uh, yeah that, what a story. What, and then the shot, they, uh, oh my gosh, that is pretty wild. Zero right. titles out of that group. Right, well, Clyde didn't win any titles in the NBA nope. either.
2: <laughs> you know, one of the guys, uh, I think Mark Gannon, who was um, on NC State, uh, or on, um, yeah, on NC State, he said he ran into Drexler Clyde like 10 years ago, and Clyde's like, I know you don't, and and he's like, "Yeah, you know, we played in the championship game," and he's like, "You mother, you're the guy they like cut, cut me in front of me, took out my legs." They called him for a charge, his fourth foul. (laughs) Like it was a bad call. So
1: he was that mad, but he didn't. He yes,
2: (laughs) ten years later, he's screaming at him.
1: All right. So last thought on these tournaments. I mean, how generally, obviously, follow you on Twitter. Uh, What's your Twitter? AJ is the real. AJ is the real. And you you sometimes, oftentimes, we'll talk politics, right?
3: I'm, I'm not anymore. No, no more. No, no <laughs> mosque. There's a separation.
1: <laughs> Church and state.
3: That's it. And <laughs> basketball your and poor, state.
1: Your poor, your poor wife is probably having to hear oh. all the political
3: stuff now. Yeah, she doesn't want to hear it. Do
1: you know how many guns I have, mother? <laughs> 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 That's funny. So, <laughs> I'm going to prove. I, now, I. I how is that? By the way, that Houston story. How has that evolved? The Alabama story the, the, with the player. Oh, Alabama. Oh, I'm sorry, Alabama. Yeah, uh,
3: it hasn't. Like there, they continue to just play. Guy's like playing. Yeah, Brandon Miller's playing every game. They, all, like almost, they almost
1: lost the first game, right? They almost, they, and they almost lost today. So you would say. So how many points were they favored by today? They were favored by nine. I, and they were favored They won an like, overtime, or something. The first yeah. game. They, so they they've been they, they've fallen short of the spread by like twenty points in the last combined in the last. Yeah. Two games.
2: And, and you want a bad look, so they introduce him to applause, and as he's in the warmups before mm-hmm. it starts, and his teammate pats him down.
0: <laughs> making this yeah, up. Yeah. Co- coach had to come out. Nedo had to come out and 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 you know. Uh, that is
1: funny though. You know, say <laughs> I mean, say, say something. Think. Yeah. I one mean,
0: one of his teammates. Patted him down. But forgetting
1: this. the politi- forgetting yeah. your position on it. That's funny. It's, it's very funny. He gets announced. <laughs> he
0: gets announced. Starting lineups. He comes out. Holds his hands out. And yeah, Nate N- N- Oates was like,
3: "I just saw it today. Uh, that will not happen again. I yeah. can assure you."
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of we. The follow-up
0: to Nate should have been like, "But did his teammate find anything on him?" <laughs> uh, yeah. He,
1: <laughs>
3: what they were saying. Was he, was he all clear? <laughs> yeah.
1: So so, uh, in general, what I have seen in that story is the public consensus seems to be kind of anti-player. Yeah. Like in a way that, I mean, all joking aside, it surprises you. Yes. Is there any, is there any rationale to it? Or I just wonder if the story that, because let's be honest, the story we're getting is from the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't know, because if they did do something really wrong, or if the star player, what was his name? Brandon Miller. Miller, if he did something wrong, he's not going to say it. No. Right, so you got to. But I do think it's weird, unless you have proof that they did something different or he did. You would think benefit of the doubt. And the police said, we, "There's nothing we can charge him."
0: Yeah, on Yeah, it's plausible deniability. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, people are saying, "Well, he knew what was going to happen." How? How, you? Like, How do he, you know?
1: Especially now, if the guy who took the gun, the guy that owned the mm-hmm. gun, first says his gun. what yeah. you are going to say, You're, "I'm not giving you your gun yeah. back." I mean, that's kind of crazy right by yeah. so right? But then the idea- Normally, guys with guns, you don't tell them, no, I'm not going to give you your gun back. Well, but in this case, he had the gun, though, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So in theory, Chris said, I'm not giving you this gun, and I got, I got it trained on you right now. But in a weird way, why would... If he had given the gun to the guy who owned the gun, and then the guy who owned the gun went and killed someone, or, or shot someone, yeah. it was a... He a, killed him. He killed, okay. Is... You could Her. think to yourself, "Well, you could tell by his mood; he was angry. You could say, maybe it's not a legal thing, but you could say it was bad judgment given an angry." Well,
0: that's guy. what people are saying because if you because of the the phrasing of the text messages or whatnot, that that Miller should have known that something bad was going
1: to happen. But the guy that took the gun. That owned the gun was he the guy that shot? No. So that's the point. He I, gave I, it to I, a third party. Yeah. I have yeah. I have an
2: analogy. So RJ saying Fez, I'm going I'm going to the strip. I'm gonna i tear it up. I'm gonna have a great night. Can yeah, I, I borrow you,
1: your one of your cars? I was thinking borrow some money, but go ahead. Let's I, hear b- this. Borrow the b- borrow
2: my sure. Take the Mercedes or whatever. You know. <laughs> BMW, the, whatever. I you. So RJ <laughs> drives over there, and I know RJ likes to drink and have a good time, but he's careful. Which is not true. I like to have a good time. <laughs> right. And so, eat. So, so but but so RJ goes over there, and he runs into Scott. Okay. All right. And Scott's like I want to drive the Fezmobile and Scott's been drinking excessively and so RJ hands Uh hands the keys over to to Scott and then you go out and you have a big accident. Am I
1: at fault? Isn't Mackenzie supposed to be the dupe in this? Like, why am I? Like, <laughs> he's, he's got to have a fall guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's like her <laughs> <my words>, right. <laughs> Usually, it's Mackenzie. Now RJ's the one. I'm, I'm drunk. Saying, yeah, go ahead, drive. <laughs> I,
2: I, when I inserted these names, I just looked at 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 my at my wristwatch and I randomly like assigned each one of you the 15 seconds on the clock to pick.
1: All right, I, I can see why Mackenzie doesn't like this position. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's interesting. That that.
0: Yeah, how are you supposed to, like? Uh, are you wrong? Because I didn't know RJ was going to give you my car. You should have known that something
1: bad was going to happen? But I can't see the following. Well, first off, I think the thing that changes the whole argument is it, it was a registered gun. Yep. That he had a... Whatever you need in that state for a carry permit. Yep, he, was, he had it. So, like, in a weird way if it wasn't registered you could say just being around an illegal gun which again the
0: it, yeah, possession of an illegal firearm yeah absolutely
1: yeah and th- there is laws that if you're it's your car it doesn't matter who brought it in yep. so you could make that ar- but if it's legal
3: it, if you it, so in Alabama if you're 18 and you don't have a felony on your record you're li- you're legal to carry a handgun
1: mm-hmm. so you don't need to be like you don't need to have it.
3: some special permit but
1: you got to be licensed to, or you got to register registered to get the gun itself yeah okay hmm. All right, so maybe it's a cultural thing with guns. You know, there's a—that's what it is. Because legally, there's
0: absolutely nothing that this kid did wrong legally. Mm-hmm. And you can it's question just, morality. Or... That's what I'm saying. If it's the, the court.
1: The story's correct.
0: It's the court of public opinion. That's the only thing here. So to to say, oh, he shouldn't be playing or anything like that. It's it, how there's no charges. There's nothing. He did nothing legally wrong. Morally is a different story. But, but even then, how? Yeah. What's the rationale? Very ambiguous. But I, but I think as far as the legality of it, there's absolutely according to the reports, there's nothing legally wrong.
1: So a guy Mike Lombardi, who I'm you know friends with, who to me is a, a gr- expert, a true expert in the NFL. I was listening to him, and he was talking about just you know in passing, and it was like very negative towards the player. And you know, I get I, again, obviously there's a racial element to this, right? I mean. Uh, I, I have no sense with Lombardi that that would be the case. So I, I the point I'm making is I could see certain people that are like, oh, black guys with guns, you yeah. know, being critical. And, uh, you know, I can see in general wanting people to have guns that, that uh, you know, I can see not the racial or the racist side of it, but almost kids in general running around with guns kind of is scary in a weird yeah. way. But if it's legal... Then I, I, it's hard to like. What's your sense of Scott? Uh, what is the argument from the other side? Is it? Do you get anything about the it the
0: argument that, that that he should be suspended? The coach should. But, but it's, why?
1: Like, what's
0: moral what's, clause? uh You know, conduct detrimental. Something he was in. He was involved in a death because.
1: Was he? It's like seven degrees. It's car. seven degrees
0: of separation. That's what it yeah. is. And they're saying that because of the, you know, when someone says to you, this is the argument from the other side. If 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 you said to Fez, "Hey man, I need to borrow your car because I got to race this guy," and then Fez gave you the car, mm-hmm. and then you let me drive. We raced, and I crashed and killed somebody.
1: But that's you—that Some that person saying my intention is to do something illegal.
0: But the—and the the, the the argument here is that the player told Miller, you got to bring me my gun. So, like, I'm going to—like, something's happening here. Somebody's popping off. Somebody's talking smack. I'm going to do something but do we have now.
1: documentation? Yes. Was, oh, he, The, the okay. language
0: is—I don't know what he said. It, it had something to do. Like, basically, someone's talking shit. Like, something's happening— you oh, gotta bring me my is gun. Is this
1: how you understand it? Yeah,
3: that they're like
1: he's saying there's shit going down. I don't know bring what the exact words are. Some so, variation.
3: and there's two ways to look at it. Uh-huh. There, there's some people who are looking at it like, oh, well, there's thuggery going on here. The other way is, oh, I he he's I don't know
1: about thuggery. I know that I mean this to me changes the story.
3: Okay, let me give the other side. All right. Like the normal set, like if you're a Second Amendment guy, you'd say this guy's feeling threatened. He just wants to make sure he can protect himself if. If shit were to go down,
2: you know, and this is geographic, also mm-hmm. this whole stand stand your ground type of thing, that like there's a difference feeling in Minnesota than there is in Alabama in terms of this sort of thing. If somebody's like is dis-
1: Minnesota, the liberal state, in your analysis, I would say it's
2: less, it's harder to stand your ground in Minnesota than it is in Texas
1: cause they get their school gets beat like beat, <laughs> like a drum in the big 10 all oh, all right that's under- a <laughs> All right so that's interesting see that's why i kept... the text
0: the text said something the heat is in the hat no that was the text from oh that was the text from the, yeah from, from the, I need a translation and then that he one. said there's then, Mil- then he said there's one in the head yeah. meaning that there's a round in the chamber uh oh mckenzie's
1: so. putting something on the board
0: and then yeah there's whoa, be-
1: whoa, 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 whoa. how do you know first of all these things? so I I know the stuff that was on the wire, but what... what, Well, I'm reading from the article. What's it saying? Yeah.
0: Like when he says there's one in in the head or something like that means that there's a bullet in the chamber, like it's loaded. Oh,
1: see? Yeah. All right. So this is... So this is... Mackenzie put this up and it looks like it's from a Word document. So I'm not sure if he typed this, his own little version. No, actually, I see now it's from... uh, What's that? AL.com. All right. So Miles and Davis... The jazz musician (laughs) walked to Miller's car and got something, believed to be the gun, out of the back seat. Culpepper said Miles had texted Miller saying, I need my joint, which is slang for a gun, police said. Police said. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So that doesn't seem, I need my joint does not. Seemed to be saying, I got trouble coming.
3: And here's, and here's the I other thing about it. I need
1: my bag in the right. car. If I left my bag in the car.
3: A lot of people thought that, like when this story first came out, that Brandon Miller was like sitting at his apartment playing video games or something, and this guy texted him and said, Hey, bring me my gun. When the truth was, Miller had dropped him off at this location. Said I'm going to eat, and I'll and he because he was his ride back. Mm -hmm. So he said I'll be back to pick you up. So he was always coming back, and the gun was always in the back seat of his car. The back seat just floating around. Well, it was under under a jacket.
1: Now, so I would say this. I bet again. I'm not a lawyer, but my guess is it's illegal to drive around with someone else's gun. No. Oh, it has to be. No. Because it's like like I can't. You can't borrow someone's gun. You got to have the gun registered to you. No. In Alabama.
3: No. I, I've, yeah i looked into it it's not in texas either like if we were in texas you could borrow well, then, my gun and walk around with it
1: well then then there so under that theory there is no registration then because if let's say you bought the i said hey i need you to buy this gun for me and let's say i'm a felon or whatever now i guess that would make it different luckily i'm not yeah is but let's say i didn't want to go through the system you could give me that gun and i could just have it for the next five years yeah but if you did At a
3: crime least, with it i'd have to answer to it because you registered would to answer me. to it I I mean, I'd have to answer for why you had my
1: gun. Unless you gave it to a third party. I don't know. This is crazy. Um, All right. So Davis approached the victim's car and said, I told you I was going to get you. Okay. And and just started firing. How could this person think he was getting away with that? I don't think he did. He just figures, I'm going to go spend the rest of my life in jail over this. Well, then you got to wonder about how that wasn't obvious. I mean, if it was that worked out, But though some people are psychopathic, like they, they could be calm and do something like that. That's the ones that be the most... But again,
3: you got to also remember that the, there's a, a separation between Miller and Davis. Brandon Miller... Didn't know. Oh, Davis. that's a good point. Okay. So Brandon Miller didn't know that he had and some the guy whose gun it was.
1: He's in trouble legally. Both of them, yeah.
3: Miller or uh, excuse me, Miles and Davis. Davis is the shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles is the the other guy, player. The owner. The owner of the gun. But they're Miles both wasn't in trouble. A good player. No, he wasn't a good player.
1: But my is, my- is, my- is- At least from what we're hearing, is Miles getting like murder? Or yeah. Is get- oh yeah. Because he was there. Yeah. Okay, because in theory you could really debate even if he They're
3: both on murder charges
1: right let's now. Let's say that, that that Miles, who is the gun owner, right? Yep. He got the gun. However, he got it, let's say it's his gun. Doesn't let's forget Miller for a second. And then his guy his friend's a little worked up, but you know what? Hey, can I borrow your gun? Now, apparently borrowing guns aren't illegal. He hands it to him and then he leaves, meaning he's not with them or anything. What's the culpability there?
3: There's less. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I know anything. I, but use? once he's once he texts him and says "Hey, there's one in the chamber. If you need it, like be ready. Like it's it's ready to go." Yeah, the
1: one in the chamber is a little. Uh, or I don't. Th- it was one in the hole. Was the it? head? One in the hat. The, the
3: hat. No, the heat is in the hat. The there's one in the hat.
1: The heat is in the hat. That yeah. means I've got the gun. I I've never heard that phrase in my life. I, yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I need a new wire so I can catch up with it. like the new age
0: mayor know? of Kingstown. Is that right? All right. That's your new age. wife So
1: let's agree to the following. This was an, in, to me, it was an interesting conversation. Totally nonpolitical. No, I mean, I guess there's no, it's not explicitly political, but yes. obviously there's undercurrents of politics because let's be honest. If someone's anti-gun, if you're a, a pro second amendment person, you're not going to like that, yeah. that position. You, you can decide if you don't like the person, but we're not talking about even anything that extreme. We're talking about common sense. Yeah. But I think one thing you sh- should learn from this lesson, you can't act like that your position is the only reasonable position. Of course not. Well, but you can see how that maybe was yeah. perceived. And I like to be honest, my error is going to be towards rights in general. Even if it's rights to things I don't like, I want people to have more rights. I, Absolutely. I think whenever you start having the central authority dictating to the populace that history tells us there's inevitable abuse inevitable i mean it one of one of the great this will be the last thing i say on it one of the great stories i've ever heard was about george washington you know george washington right crossed the delaware on gw Christmas. yeah yeah I mean, he G- cut w- that dad's apple right tree. he was one of the top it was a cherry tree dummy oh well, well yeah, either he, way he didn't chop either de- oh wait he did he and then he didn't but he didn't lie about didn't, it could not tell a lie anyway so george washington was a reluctant leader the whole time he didn't want to necessarily be the uh I wanted to make him king Exactly. Now I'm going to finish my story real quick. Oh, sorry. Is <laughs> don't step on RJ. <laughs> so it's kind of related to what he said. It's almost like he teased it for me. And then when he, you know, remember now, 1776, the trouble started. You know, the insurrection. We were the insurrectionists. That's right. And just think, it's funny if if the Brits were to won, like George Washington would be Benedict Arnold, That's and true. Benedict Arnold would be George he Washington. Would be hung for treason. Yeah, we'd be like, you're George Washington. <laughs> But like with a, we'd say with a, you're George Washington with a British accent, yeah. exactly. That all could have changed. Thank God. But then you know, the, I think it was eighty one or eighty. I think it was eighty one when at uh, uh, where was that? It was in New York, right? That they had the uh the treaty. Where, where was that? Not Waterloo. That was Napoleon. Put that out, Mackenzie. Where was the treaty signed? Uh, anyway, that was like eighty one. I think. He didn't become president until eighty eight. So the continental, really? con- yeah, the continental yeah. Congress and all that stuff happened in the interim. So it wasn't like he had to become president, right? right? But they wanted him to be president, and he did. And there was two terms, and he's the one that said, "Hey, two terms." Oh, he's eighty-three, and it was signed. No,
3: that's the wrong treaty. It's not the Treaty of Paris.
1: Oh, okay. So the Treaty of Paris was what? I- that was when Ben Franklin went over, and like, they really solidified things after the war. But I think there was a battlefield uh, signing, or or at least a
2: Yes, what? When Cornwallis got cut off at the at the ocean and the and the French yeah, didn't come and help and that. something like that. Yeah, let's see if we can get that. You think, or the French did help, I think. I don't
1: know. Yeah, we've been speculating. Did did maybe did it was he treated really Paris. Go to I, Yale or not? I, no, I I mean, hmm. okay, the Battle of Yorktown. We've got it discovered here. So anyway, that was eighty-one. So seven years later, he becomes president. And remember, that wasn't a national election. That was like a, if I'm not mistaken, check that, Mackenzie. What was the uh, mechanics of the election of 1788? I kind of think it wasn't, but I don't know. Okay. So he does his first term, does his second term. And there's a famous line when he got out after he said, eight years is enough. He gave the famous speech that began began the tradition of the president on his way out, giving a farewell address to say, this is what I believe. You know, so Eisenhower famously said, beware of the military industrial complex, Mm. even though he was a general. Right. And Reagan, I thought, had a great one where he talked about uh, education was so important that he loved patriotism, but it had to be rooted in the knowledge of what it all meant. It couldn't just be jingles. Which, in hindsight, you know, is a powerful statement. I think. Um, okay, yeah. So it was the electoral college. It was sixty-nine of sixty-nine. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but how did the electoral college get elected? State legislators. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. So the people weren't voting. Right. The state legislators were. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, what was the first one that was? Um. Uh. You know, the the, the populace could vote in. I'm interested in that. But anyway, to finish it up, he famously told John Adams, who was really wanting to be president, I'm sa- you're safely in and I'm safely out. And that was his line to say, I'm out of here. Because hmm. anyway, he loved Mount Vernon or whatever. Yeah. Martha, though, I don't know about her. Yeah. Not a looker. No. So anyway, years later, or, or like it was the end of his second term, and no one knew for sure what he would do. There was a painter that was over in England painting King George, like a portrait artist. And he was famous, and he had just painted Washington right before. And, you know, King George didn't like losing the war, but, you know, he was royalty, so he was okay. You know, he was fine. And he says, hey, so what's the, what's the hubbub? You know, what's the scuttlebutt? What's Washington going to do? And they're like, oh, he's going to go back home to Mount Vernon. Like, what? He goes, he can be king, he can be the ruler, and he's choosing not to be? And he goes, oh, Yeah. He goes. If that's true, he's the greatest man who ever lived, mm. and that's such a power. Because who doesn't take as much power as they can? Could have had absolute power and said, "No, nah, I'm good." And it's it's funny. Washington. It, when you're a kid, you hear about Washington first, usually, right? He's the first president, mm. and then later it becomes cool not to like. It was like, no, no, it was really Thomas Jefferson who was <laughs> smarter, or or you know, Ben, or Thomas Paine wrote, you know, whatever. All the. Uh, Federalist Papers, or was a key, you know, there's all these, or Lincoln, and and it's like, and again, Lincoln, I think, is certainly in the competition. I think uh, a great book that a lot of people have read, uh, A Team of Rivals, is a highly recommended book um, about Lincoln. But anyway, Washington, when you get down to it, he may, you know, here's another good example, Faz. Washington won like three of 11 battles during the Revolutionary War, Mm. so he like lost eight of 11, if I'm remembering the numbers right, but he kept alive his his you know you hear about valley forge and the winter it was like the fact they had those troops and then they won the one big battle and they won it Mm. you know i mean because england if they would have decided to come over here with all their it was like us in vietnam in a way right we were in it but you can question were we trying to win it as hard as we could if england wanted to win it we wouldn't stand a chance but they were trying to win it with, like, whatever, 20%, 30% of their troops.
2: Our troops were a little more motivated than their troops also.
1: Yeah, but you got to wonder. Maybe the guys that signed the Declaration of Independence and stuff were, because they were going to die if they lost. Yeah. But, but the, the farmers and stuff— that we're just you know that we're spending and the, the wives are back home and the, well
2: as compared to what the like the 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 the, the 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 German Hessians that they brought over you know these these paid guns to help you know I yeah. mean they it's like hey this is just a job man it's not worth dying
1: over yeah no true enough now there was that Mel Gibson movie The Patriot yeah right? he Which was
2: motivated it kind
1: of does give you a feel though obviously it's a movie but a little bit I mean there hasn't really been a revolutionary war movies if I think about it right what a, like that show the battles and stuff. That That's the only one I can think no. mm-hmm. And it kind of does show where a lot of, because think about it. you Up until a certain point, you felt like you were Britain's, you know, you, you were a colony. Then one day it's like, no, we're going to try to kill them. Mm-hmm. You can see how there'd be ambivalence with a lot of people. Huh. Interesting. So next week, we're going to go over the War of 1812. <laughs>
2: Your homework is to you. <laughs> A-
1: aloha, read- Aloha, Mr. Hans. <laughs> please, please read ahead, chapter four and five. So anything to close? We closing out? I'm closed. All right. So thank you. So let's think about scheduling here. So next week's normal then the week after we're going to be taping mon let's think we're going to tape tuesday for a when- no we're going to tape monday Monday's for good. a tuesday release then tuesday for a Wednesday release.
2: And we're going to do, on Monday, we're going to do the like... The
1: Thursday games. We'll
2: do the Thursday games, and also we'll talk about your trends, your brackets, all that stuff. For sure, for sure. So so the Monday's going to last longer than the Tuesday. Okay. Because there's more meat on the bone there.
1: Sounds like Faz has an early out on Tuesday. Then. No, <laughs> no, no, but, but maybe,
2: you know what, maybe that's a good point. Maybe, like, on Monday, we talk about, like, basic strategies and stuff like that, and we talk about the Thursday games. Mm-hmm. But then on Tuesday, we talk about the brackets. I think the
1: brackets, yeah, I think that's better. And what I'm going to do, right? like, we had an amazing run with the brackets. Last year wasn't as good. I, I swore to everyone I was going to go crazy and make that. We were given such a good deal on the brackets. It's like, it was like five bucks. And we it was always our biggest seller of the year. And I said, next year I'm making it like 50. And I swore. And then I, I had my worst year. So I think it's something about me saying that. So we are going to keep our, you know, I think the way it was, was it was $64, but we gave a coupon on here for 60 mm. So it was like, you got it for 4 I think I'm going to... In fact, I am going to continue that for this year. So you'll get that coupon. It will be available on both the shows, the Tuesday release and the Wednesday release. And the uh, bracket should be up. I'm going to make it up by noon on Wednesday. So there's no... Make sure that we're not late with
2: and, it. And remember, if there's one thing to buy... I don't want to skew everyone by everyone, but you know by RJ because he's got the no. the wisdom of crowds. Well, because first he's, off, the, he,
1: I mean, the only thing I'm doing is the bracket. And again, people might say, "Wait a minute, we just heard you not really understand college basketball or know this year." You got 12 guys I, funneling into and you. Well, it's that, but it's more to me mm-hmm. is the history. Right. Of, <clears throat> the 64 team bracket's been there since '85. Play ins or whatever. I don't. The 64 teams come that Thursday. The history of that is so strong. Don't take four number one seats. Don't take zero.
0: Exactly. 12 beats five. So I'm going to give you a bracket,
1: but I'm also going to give you a list of the rules. And it's like, I don't, I've got to be honest. I don't care how much you know about, I would do this. I would go with Sagan or or give me Ken Palm's ratings and my knowledge of the brackets, which I think is top notch versus whoever you want to pick, Dick Vitale, whoever, better X, Y, Z, and no knowledge of the brackets. Just saying, I'm handicapping this. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll bet him heads up. I mean, how do you know that, right? But I swear to God, I'd bet him heads up for sure. big money. I don't think I would win every time, but I I think history win more than you lose. Yeah. Now the fact I have the pregame guys to help me with collective IQ. I do think we, we typically have a good year. So yes. this year, hey, just think if we would have won last year, really did well, we'd be probably at sixty four bucks for this. So now last year's bad. If you didn't have last year's, you get the benefit from it without any expense.
2: AJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but you really shined that year we were over at the Hard Rock. In that, in that tournament? Uh, I, had, I won every
3: bracket pool I was in that year because I was the only person who didn't pick Zion and Duke to win. Uh, <laughs> I was on Virginia, and that was the – like because I believed – because 85% of brackets had Zion, if you pick Duke, you had to be perfect on the rest of your bracket. So I thought it was smarter to pick another winner and not have to be perfect mm. in the rest of the bracket, and it won me every pool I was in that year. That's yeah. pretty good to win every pool. But yeah. this year is so different because there's not a, there's not a clear-cut – you know, team that's going to be on eighty-five percent of the
1: brackets. It does bring up one of the concepts that I've embraced more the last year, or two, couple of years, is finding out by the public information what percentage of people are taking what teams because really it's like dfs daily which i'm not an expert at but the question is how overdrafted or underdrafted someone is or and, and uh, because here was one of my great is one of my great theories but in a way it's a moot point i always take the nine over the eight if it's close to a pick you know if it, the line's not over three because my thinking is so many people are picking the higher seed mm-hmm. automatically that if it's a coin toss better I'm, seed better seed uh, well, it's still a higher seed. Well, Eight. the nine is the higher seed. Well, no, if, if so, if, when we talk no one about, says it like that, Phil. Yeah, I'll but start. no, but when we talk about practice people, oh, they're higher seeded. That yeah, they means do. they're better, they right? Do, yeah. yeah. But you're right. That is, all right, so, um, <laughs> let's say <laughs> the higher numbered seed is um, if if I can get a coin flip, but only thirty five percent of the people are taking it. That's a huge advantage. Even if
2: it's a one and a half point dog. Even if it's like a forty six percent play, it's a good play. I
1: agree. So now the question becomes. Do you have to predict those things or can you go look up to the minute and see how many people are taking which team yes. and then bet against that or pick against that Now there's no guarantee your bracket community is going to be picking the same as the national but it's the best guess
2: Yeah and your analysis or your um, analogy is perfect where that this is what guys do that win these fantasy uh, football contests where they're like oh 83% of the people are taking Mahomes you know I don't care that he's cheap you know it's it's still I got even if I pick Mahomes I'm not getting very much from it.
3: All right, good conversation. Only one thing left to do, Fez. Hey, let's be careful out there. I still like two Haze. Talk to you next week.